Charismatic jeweler Howard Ratner gets his hands on a black opal from Ethiopia, which he believes he can sell to cover his many gambling debts. But Howard's compulsion gets the better of him as he continues to make a series of increasingly poor decisions in the 2019 crime thriller Uncut Gems. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the Filmgasm Podcast. We're continuing our top 10 films of the 2010s miniseries with my number eight, the Safdie Brothers 2019 thriller Uncut Gems, starring Adam Sandler in a career-redefining performance. We're joined today by Adam Johnson once again, who is going to help us take apart this intensely uncomfortable and brilliant movie. Uh, thanks for joining me today, guys. Hell yeah. Love this yep. movie. Love, love that you have it in your top 10. Adam, this is tailor-made for us. It, it sure is. It sure is for, for a few different reasons, which I'm sure we will get into shortly. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited when you uh, picked this one in your top 10. It was one of my top honorable mentions, probably like number 12 or 13 on my list. So really glad I got on here. Uh, love rewatching it. So yeah, very excited to get into it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Totally honest. Just throwing this out there. The the main reason Uncut Gems ended up on my top 10 was because I was certain one of you was going to have Moneyball. And I wanted to have as many films represented as possible. So I thought like, oh, well, I don't have to talk about that. They'll talk about that. But you didn't. And here we are. <laughs> so so, so what you're saying is this should be the Moneyball episode. <laughs> it should be. It should be. That's not taking anything away from Uncut Gems. It's a fantastic movie. But it is it is here by accident. So, yeah, I guess if we're I guess we're having a come to Jesus moment here. Um, I didn't I, I almost put Uncut Gems as my number 10. But I was like, oh, Adam's going to have it. <laughs> but like, I, I also thought the same thing about Moneyball. It's like, you know what? There's only 10 spots. Like, what am I doing? You know, so at the end of the day, you got to look at your list and just go with your heart. Uh, really, all three of us should have had Moneyball, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. thought it was going to be the movie. Like when I initially made my list and I had like 20 movies written down, Moneyball was on there. And I was like, I bet all three of us have Moneyball, which would have been neat because that would have been the only movie all three of us have. But instead... None of us picked it, and we yeah. brought it up. We brought it up every fucking episode we've done. So I, I definitely shot. did that with Moneyball. I, I I did that with Moneyball. Like I, I thought y'all would have it, so I just didn't put it. Uncut Gems actually was like my number, like you know, twelve or thirteen. Like I like it's like probably yeah. just on the cusp of, of top ten. But I yeah, Moneyball. I definitely was like, oh, this is a top ten movie for me for sure. But like one of them, I have it, so I'll, I'll just I'll get something else in there. You know, that's that for sure happened with Moneyball. So yeah, Moneyball is like we could have yeah. I mean, that could have easily been all of our like number sixes. You know what I mean? Like that's like. Yeah probably where it should stand. But when I watched Uncut Gems today, I did realize like, yeah, this deserves to be here. Sure. <laughs> it's yeah. a, such a great movie. It's such a uncomfortable, wild, hard to understand at times because everyone won't shut the fuck up kind of movie. It's yeah. it's great. I've never I I have never seen anything like it before I saw it and since. It really is a unique crazy movie about just, you know, how to make the worst decisions possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. This is this is like my favorite, my favorite things all in one movie: gambling, like sports. Adam Sandler, <laughs> and and one and one of my favorite all time athletes, uh, Kevin Garnett, and and then probably like one of my ten favorite 
under 40 actors, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, like she's, yeah, she's got like so many things I, I absolutely love. And the, and the Safties, you know, Safdie brothers. These guys specialize in anxiety-ridden movies and stories, and I, I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah. With that, let's uh, let's talk about where we first saw this thing. Uh, what's your history with the uh, Uncut Gems, guys? Adam, go ahead. Uh, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I want to say like the weekend it came out. I mean, it's one of those things because of the subject matter and because of who was in it. Um, you know, Kevin Garnett. I also am a a massive fan of. Uh, I just yeah wanted to make sure I saw it. You know, I might have might have seen it the day it came out. Which was it a December twenty nineteen December yeah. award season? Yep. Yeah. yeah December, December, oh, on Christmas Day. Christmas Day twenty yeah. yeah, nineteen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I, I think I did see it on Christmas Day. Um. And I really wanted to see it in theaters because I had seen Good Time and obviously. Uh, Safety Brothers, uh, an earlier movie from them uh, with Robert Pattinson, and thought like, man, I this is this is something I really want to experience in a the theater because I loved the the sound of Good Time and like that kind of pulsating, you know, score that it has, and I I had a feeling Uncut Gems would take it to another level, and it certainly did. So, um, no, I saw it in theaters and and absolutely loved it, and I've seen it I think maybe twice since then, and then watched it today. So, um, for that, so yeah, so what about y'all? Oh man, yeah, I saw it in theaters as well. I pr- I might have seen it with you, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah, we may have, yeah, we may have seen it together. Uh, yeah, just one of those things when you heard about it and you saw the poster, you're like, no way, like, <laughs> is this really about to happen? So I, I stayed away from trailers because it was it's one of those things where I I also like fell in love with Good Time right when I saw it uh, in 2017, and like I have like a giant poster of it in our hallway. <laughs> Sometimes Willow walks by and is like, what's going on? You know, what is that? Uh, let's show you later. <laughs> show you in about ten years. It's just a really fucked up movie. Really cool performance from Pattinson. But I, I, I'm with you, Adam. We're like, I saw that and I was like, okay, what else have they done? Went back and watched. You know, like Lenny Cook is a really cool documentary they made in 2013. They have like a ton of shorts that have been available on Criterion Channel here and there. So I'm yeah, I'm just like head over here, head over heels for these guys. And, and it was like I didn't need to see the trailer because I believed in them as brothers, as filmmakers. I obviously believe in Sandler and I heard KG was in it. So I was like, okay, I mean, I I don't need to be sold on this at all. Like that, that's it right there. Those names alone. I rather stay away from the trailer and just kind of just dive into it, you know, uh, go off the deep end type thing. So I'm grateful I did because yeah, this, this movie, it's pedal to the metal the whole way through and it's two hours and 15 minutes of just straight up chaos and, and really crazy sounds and, really crazy decisions and violence and I, uh, yeah, totally obsessed with it. I've seen it. I don't even want to admit how many times I've seen it in the past four years. It's just one of those. It's a comfort movie for me. That's crazy. This is the exact opposite of a comfort movie for me. Like this is just yeah. pure anxiety where I just get uncomfortable and I'm like, fuck the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> this, this was my, um, this is still my only run-in with the Safdie brothers. I've yet to watch any of their other films. Uh, and this was actually my introduction to Adam Sandler's dramatic work as well. I had yet to see Punch Drunk Love at that point. Like, so this was this was a whole new side of of Sandler for me. Rain Over Me? 2007? Never seen, never seen that. Cheadle? Oh, man. Good one. Good one. <laughs> yeah. You'd like that one. Yeah. I know I would. I know I would. There's just so much I have yet to get to. 10,000 of them, in fact. I've got a whole thing for that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I saw this by myself at, I think, uh, Regal Northwoods. And uh, it was a sold-out show, which I was very surprised at. And I went and sat in the middle of the row. It was the only seat I could get. And as the movie progressed, uh, 
people around me started getting up and leaving. And yeah. I was just, I was flabbergasted. I'm like, I watched the trailer. I knew what to expect. And like everyone here thought they were seeing Grown Ups 3 or something. So everyone was just like, oh, this is reprehensible. And all these old fucks just got up and walked away. So I had the whole road to myself eventually. And I didn't walk away. I stayed because I was mesmerized. I was like, what the hell is this? I didn't know the Sandman had it in him. And yeah, it's, you know, this is my fourth or fifth time with the movie. I remember we did a bonus on it, like the first year of Filmgasm, where we ba- you basically talked about basketball the whole time. And I was just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Neat. KG. I had nothing to say. Oh, well, get ready, Connor. <laughs> I, yeah, now I'm, yeah, now I'm here with the, yeah. This, this is be 12 playoffs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now I got two to deal with. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, that's Uncut Gems was a, a real gem, and I was blown away and was expecting some awards traction, but it got completely shut out in at the Oscars. It did make some a splash. I think uh, Sandler won. What was it? The Screen Actors Guild Award. Uh, I'm pretty sure he won the Spirit Award, and yeah, maybe Spirit the Spirit Award. That yeah, maybe the, yeah, maybe the Screen Actors. I, I yeah, I'm not sure. I just remember being appalled that he wasn't up for Best Actor. Appalled. Yeah, travesty. I know it's fucking crazy, uh, but you know what? It never left my heart, and here we are talking about it. It's on my top ten at number eight. Uh, he he so, did win the Independent Spirit Award. Yeah. Independent Spirit. I remember the the uh, the speech. It was it was a f- fantastic speech, and I was just happy to see him get something for this. Yeah, I'm just surprised he wasn't wearing like basketball shorts and like a polo. Uh... <laughs> I think he was wearing like a sweatshirt or something. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> Love the guy. And that, that transitions great into my question. Uh, so I assume you guys are very well versed in the works of the Sandman. Oh, yeah. Yep. My question to you guys is, when it comes to Adam Sandler, do you lean comedy or do you lean more drama? What do you like to see him do more? Oof. Comedy. Comedy for me. Um... I mean, there's just such a small sample size for like the more serious stuff. Yeah. Y- yeah. Um, but here's what I'll say about Sandler. I mean, he, first off, he's like one of my five to 10 fair actors ever. I can watch a bad movie with Sandler any day of the week. I just watched Just Go With It a few weeks ago. It's fine. It's whatever. But he's great. He's awesome in it. Nicole Kidman's also awesome in it. And Dave Matthews. But <laughs> what's, what Sandler can do in a comedy is very very rare if you take for for me the best example of this is big daddy there's moments where he shows like a true tenderness like true heart and true talent and true skills as an actor not just slapstick uh you know billy madison type stuff he does it every now and again i think another great example is funny people which is extremely it's an extremely misunderstood movie i think and i actually it's like one of my favorite roles of his um, and I'd say Punch Drunk Love is a great example as well because there's a lot of comedic timing involved in that movie, but it's also obviously very serious and very sad and dark at times. Uh, so I think I think for me, I guess my answer is when you get the like the best of both worlds, when he's able to do do something really silly and be a really funny character, but also be in like a world where he has to step up. You know, in, in the case of Big Daddy, be a dad or Punch Drunk Love, he has to step up because he's finally like trying to fall in love or whatever. Uh, I think it can happen, you know, uh, within his comedies. But 
but like my favorite movie of his ever is is happy gilmore so i love watching him just be kind of an idiot you know be the idiot from snl um i, I just think he's a misunderstood actor i think he's super underrated super, like his obviously he's really successful his movies make a ton of money but i think as as a skilled you know talent i, I just don't think people appreciate him enough well, I think that's because we rarely see him do something like this. You know, a lot of the times, especially in the past, like, 10, 15 years, it's been, yeah. Yeah. you know, grown-ups and just go with it and blended and Hubie Halloween and murder mystery and these, like, nonsense comedies that usually include Kevin James. Jack and Jill would like a word. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to. Bedtime stories? Uh <laughs> Bedtime stories. Oh my god, I've seen so many of these. Like, it took me a while to be like, "All right, I got to stop seeing these in theaters." I have not seen many of those because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did not walk out of Grown Ups Two, but it, it, I got very, very, very close. Like, I, I, I've never walked out of a movie in my life, but I, I got, I got extremely close to walking out of that. I was just like, "Man, this is brutal." Like, and so I kind of gave up on like that side, which is like, I, you know, he's making movies for his kids. You know, like I don't really like blame him, and, and he's getting these massive checks for them, and he gets to go to like Hawaii to film them. It's like, go for it, dude. But like, I don't like need to watch all these. You know what I mean? Like, I just I'll yeah. Look it. I did see just go with it. I, I have seen that. that, and it's like, yeah, like you said, it's fine. You know, Brooklyn Decker's finest hour, but you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. You know, if I had that kind of, you know, if, if I was an iconic comedian like that and I could just, you know, take tropical vacations with my friends, point a camera at it and crap out an hour and a half comedy that's going to make a hundred million dollars, I would do it all the time. I just, there's so much raw talent in Adam Sandler that we see come out in films like Uncut Gems and we see like, holy shit, that guy, not only can he act, he's fucking amazing at it. And yeah. he just uses not to <laughs> and it's it's just it's such a it, it makes me sad because I, I i get why he doesn't but i just wish we had so much more in that vein because it's in there you know it's like if daniel day lewis just decided like i'm gonna just make i'm, I'm gonna join the crew of jackass for a while and just <laughs> oh, do not and we'd all be like you know there's no gangs in new york there's no there will be blood he's just you know getting hit with a skateboard and the balls and jackass too <laughs> i would almost trade reality for that <laughs> it'd be awesome to see but like we'd lose yeah. so much because of it yeah, yeah but but daniel day lewis like if he if he takes you know chris pontius's spot am i upset with that i don't know but but you're but you're you're not affecting the fact that like we wouldn't know like we wouldn't have all daniel day lewis's like roles to, like go off of you know what i mean like, like yeah but like but if i don't have them then i never know what they are like yeah, if you take yeah. if you take there will be blood away from me of course i'm gonna be upset but if I yeah, never yeah. knew what it was, that's yeah. true. I don't know. But, but, the, the but same, then why would it be funny if you didn't know who he was? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, why? Well, like, that's true. That's we true. Still, yeah. But we still had my left foot and we still okay. had in the name of the father. And the then boxer, in like, yeah. then he just decides to go nuts and start doing jackass. See, yeah. That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Sandler too. I think, I think a lot of people will have a hard time casting him because you, you just like, you don't know what it's going to do for your movie marketing wise. Which is which is why, like, Paul Thomas Anderson saw Big Daddy in 1999 and was like, "Oh my God, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen." And he still stands by that. And he was like, "I'm going to make a movie around him." And then you get Punch Drunk Love. The Safties grow up Jewish Jewish dudes from New York, idolized Adam Sandler in the 90s, idolized, and they're like, "We want to make a movie with him." They approach him in the mid 2010s, and he he says, "No, I don't even know who you guys are." They make Good Time. 
Adam Sandler watches Good Time and he says, okay, I'll, I'll work with you guys. So it's, it, it's all circumstance, right? It's all circumstance and like who really wants to hire him to be in their movie because when you have Adam Sandler in your movie, it's an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, he's yep. he's he's gonna be the lead guy. He's gonna be the lead role. He very very rarely takes second fiddle. So it just kind of depends how you want to make your movie. I just think a lot of directors are scared to use him because of like what his filmography is. But with that being said, I do hope we get a couple more all time performances from him before he's so, done. Uh, on that point, though, I, I wonder if it's the directors as much as it is him, because you remember when he did not get nominated, he kind of made a comment like, well, there we go. Like, I'm done doing this because like I think he was really hurt that he put like, you know, so much into this was as vulnerable enough to kind of play this character and then didn't yeah. get rewarded for it. So I, I almost wonder if it's just him saying like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, you know, it's like, also yeah, it's also just easier to make bullshit movies in, in Hawaii. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And make a ton of money because you're like, hey, Netflix, let's do a deal for 10 movies. Yeah. And you just that's that's your life. And then and, like, and I, look and look at him. He's like sitting courtside at Laker games, like having yeah. a great life. Oh yeah, I don't I don't begrudge him anything. I, I I think I think it's not that it's easier like to act in comedies. I think comedic acting is like very difficult. But like yes. he, has a, he has a rhythm with like how those are made that like and they just they just need to hit like a certain groove and then like that's that's enough. You know like yep. like there's not like as much risk involved in those, which is like fine. But it's like as as kind of moviegoers and, and big fans of his. It can be a little bit disappointing, but I don't begrudge him it at all. You know, yeah, yeah I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I, I think he's doing whatever he wants to do. He's earned his, you know, place in all this. He's he's Adam Sandler. Uh, as a film fan, though, I just you know, I I wish I had. Yeah, I wish I had more to watch alongside Uncut Gems, so I could you know. Right. It's, right. It's it's a personal thing. It's it's no, no there's no there's no one to be angry at about this. It's just know. a thing that exists. Yeah, in a perfect world, I would take out seven of his kind of like, you know, whatever comedies of the last, you know, 12 years or so and give me three more Uncut Gems performances. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But yeah, my I'm favorite with, is I'm Happy Gilmore, too. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, like, I love Uncut Gems. I love Punch Drunk. But Happy Gilmore makes my heart so happy. And it's, yeah. And he is, there's no one that can do what he's doing in that movie, you know? And I think, I think that's the fascination a lot of, uh, you know, 20 something year old directors had when they were coming up in the nineties, they're like, that guy's on one all the time. He, like he, there's no one, there's no one in the world who can quite pull off the, is that gold regulation size or what? You know, like that's <laughs> that, like he just turns, he turns it to 11 so fast and they can kind of bring it back down and be like, Oh baby, I didn't mean to do that. You know, I want to kiss you. All, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Like no one else can quite do it that way. And that's skill. Like Adam said, you know, that, that like the comedic thing, there's just so much to like his, his craft. And I just, yeah, it, it, he's, he's so much fun to talk about because there's this huge filmography of it's random as hell, but, uh, but uncut gems, it's cool that he has it because there's no one else that could play it. Right. There's no, no one that's as obsessed with basketball as he is and happens to be Jewish, you know, from New York. You know, it, it just like everything fits so well for it. It's like they wrote it for him. I mean, I, you know, they, they did, and and they they initially were going to get Amari Stoudemire to play the basketball player because Amari Stoudemire is also Jewish. Amari, I think, just turned it down or was like, uh, no. And KG was like, let's fucking go. Like, the, well, Amari, this, Amari was also playing for the Knicks at the time. Yeah, he's an, he's an actual Knicks player from the yeah. 2010s. Yeah, so that would have worked. They they do shout him out in the movie. They're like Amari, like. KG doesn't have anything on Amari, you know, uh, they have like lines about that, but 
I, I love that. I love this this role. It's like he was born to play it. And every actor, every great actor has one of those where it's like no one else could have done this. And I think Sandler might have a few. Yeah, you're right. I watched Click recently for the first time in a long time. And uh, not bad. Not bad. I, I was in tears. Like I, I was <laughs> I forgot how great that movie is. Like it's it knows what it is, but then it turns into a very poignant life lesson about enjoying what you have. And I was just I was blown away by how perfect he like he was able to balance both sides of that character. He's a great actor and does not get enough credit for his performance. A lot of comedic actors don't get enough credit for their abilities because they're seen as, you know, like it's a low art or something. Same with horror. You know, genre always gets shit on by the by the drama people. It's just it's what happens. Which is why it was cool to see like uh, I Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, win win an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it, that is neat. It would have been cool if Sandler just would have been nominated, you know, is, you know, and he doesn't need to win like whatever you want to suck on Joaquin Phoenix's dick. Like I get it, you know, for Joker, but get, get, get my guy Sandler in there. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been fun. Oh, well, let's see where this thing came from. Uncut Gems was the brainchild of Josh and Benny Safty, who based the film on their father's time working in the diamond district as a salesman. So they heard a lot of, you know, diamond talk and whatnot and retained that. The character of Howard evolved from Jewish humor and their appreciation for Jewish actors. And they wanted Howard to be an amalgamation of Jewish stereotypes. And they wanted him to be so proud of it like it was a superpower. Like he is just, (laughs) he runs on stereotypes and just embraces them. And it's very obvious that, yeah, he he does. It's it's an interesting character. (laughs) Uh, they wrote the script in 2009, immediately sent it to Adam Sandler, who was their first choice. But Sandler's manager rejected the script before he ever got a chance to read it. So it was his people who shot it down before Sandler could even say anything about this. Sad. Yeah, because the Safties were, you know, just two Jewish kids with a script who wanted to give it to Adam Sandler. And the managers, the manager was like, who the hell are you? No, not nobody sees Adam Sandler. Not nobody, not know how. <laughs> <laughs> Years later. In 2016, the Safties revisited the script and wrote a new take on it with screenwriter Ronald Bronstein. And Jonah Hill was cast as Howard, but was later replaced by their first choice, Adam Sandler, in 2018. Can you can you see this film with, with Jonah Hill as Howard? Uh, yeah, I yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I don't think it'd be as good, but yeah, I can see it. Yeah, he's not quite he's not quite old enough to like play the well, like Correct. the grizzled, you know, like with the you know, with the kids. Yeah. Yes, yes. The, but yeah. like I, there are scenes that like I yeah, definitely I could see Jonah Hill doing. Like like the oh, accent yeah. and the, I mean like yeah, laying that on pretty heavy and like I could definitely see that. Do you think that like because he already has, you know, some some love from the academy, he would have been nominated for this? Very possibly. That that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. I mean, I mean, he, it basically would be like a kind of like on steroids version of his character in in The Wolf of Wall Street. You know, like yeah, Donnie. Yeah, there's some, yeah. There's some there's some you know similarities between those two. Um, that just kind of like recklessness and just kind of like you know fu um mentality. But no, I yeah, I I really do think it's the age. It's like really the only thing I think that would be holding him back. That I think. Oh, and Sandler obviously is great. You know, um. But no, I think John Hill is amazing. I, mean, I, I think he could have he could have pulled this off for sure. Maybe maybe like in five or six years, you know, five or six more years from like now. So I guess ten years, you know, after the movie came out, I could I could have seen him doing it. But yeah, maybe not right when you know. Obviously, in two thousand nine, Jonah Hill just you know he looks like a high schooler still. You know, uh, two thousand nine, it's like that definitely you know would would not have played as well. But I think I think it helps that Sandler is this kind of like grizzled, like worn down guy that makes a big difference to me. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if he channeled some of his like frustration for not being taken seriously into Howard and just used that 
as yeah. kind of a shield. I bet he did. It's yeah. There's times where you're like, that's that's Adam Sandler talking to us. Ah, uh, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, before NBA star Kevin Garnett was cast as himself, several other players were considered, including Amari Stoudemire. Is that how you say that? Stoudemire, yeah. Stoudemire, okay. I was uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Yeah, Embiid. Yeah. Yep, yep. And Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Yikes! I know how to say that. <laughs> uh, in fact, the Safties wrote the film with Kobe in mind. But uh, by the time production started, Kobe was more interested in directing, so he turned it down. So Kevin Garnett was the second choice. I, I thought I always thought Amari was the first choice because of the Jewish thing. No, it's Kobe. I knew it was Kobe. I remember them talking about it when the movie came out. They said they, they also were a little bit worried that he was almost like a little too famous. Like it's like it would kind of remove. I mean, Kevin Garnett's obviously a massive, you know, play in the basketball world, but he's not as like ubiquitous like Kobe is. Like everybody knows who Kobe is, you know. Um I didn't Kevin know who Garnett Kevin Garnett was when I saw this, right. but I would have recognized Kobe. Exactly, exactly. That's that's the perfect person. Yeah, case in point. Like, like it's almost like, oh man, that would might have taken people out just like a little bit, and like would have maybe maybe distracted from like the movie as as a whole. Plus, I think I think the intensity of Kevin Garnett is like really what makes the character, and that that's how he is. I mean, he's just a, this is just like he's got those eyes, and that you know he just he just is an incredibly intense character. It really is the perfect fit for it. Amari, I, I, I don't really see that one as much, Austin. I, I think that no, one. No, I just, yeah. I just think the Jewish thing is so cool. Like it's such yeah, a unique, definitely. you know. Definitely. But, but part of like, part, especially, I, I'm sure maybe they change things. But once, once we see KG and he's explaining the stone, and he's like Ethiopian Jews, you know, and KG's like what? Whereas, yeah. whereas like Amari is extremely smart and extremely. Uh, knowledgeable about his his religion and like what what how how he's gotten where he is like why he's why he looks the way he does and he's jewish you know he might have not been like as uh blown away by this stuff as kg is you know uh if that makes any sense it does yeah it does i i think um Embiid Embiid is interesting it would have changed uh, pretty yeah. dramatically because it he just his age so like so so yeah so yeah all three of those guys, Kobe, Amari, and KG well, were playing in 2012. And B didn't really start playing. I mean, he had a couple of injuries early in his career, so he didn't really become like a star until like 2018. So the yeah. like narrative of the movie would have been much different. It would have been set almost like in the in the current day. Well, well, here's the thing: is it's supposed to be set in 2012? Joel and Bede's in at Kansas, right? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It, it would, you would have to totally change the story. I mean, it it would be like it'd be set in like the the present the present day as opposed to 2012. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 Even even then. The movie comes out in 2019. Really, like 1819 is the first year where it's like, oh, the Sixers might go to the finals. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so like even as an all-star, yeah. Yeah. So even then it's like, oh, like, yeah, he hasn't, you know, like the Sixers haven't even got there or whatever. So right, yeah, right. I, I think I think they lucked out. KG is uh, perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. All that being said, KG is phenomenal and like no bullshit. This is not just because I love him. I, I would have loved to see him get a best supporting actor nod. I thought he was I think he's amazing in this movie. Yeah, I how how the hell is this not on you guys' list? How did this end up on my list? Like I don't even know <laughs> basketball. It's like this is and I've never seen any of the other Safety work. It's like I'm the last guy who should have this. <laughs> yeah. Saf Safety's rule, man. They're they're like uh you guys have both I mean, I'm sure y'all have heard him talk or whatever and, and whatnot, but they're like obviously huge sports fans, but their their knowledge of movies is fucking insane. And they go to bat for stuff that I had never heard of. So when they did, they did their own like adventures and movie going on, on Criterion. It was them two together. 
and like the chemistry that they have in the movies that they have in like the similar movies that they they enjoy or whatever from the past it's incredible watching them two talk about it because they're like finishing each other's sentences (laughs) it's really cool because you're like oh i mean obviously this is this translates to their filmmaking they just have like a really cool you know uh working relationship as uh, also being just brothers so uh, th- these guys rule they're I, I cannot wait to see what else they do for me as far as like the the feature feature films like daddy long legs good time and uncut gems is like i i'll see everything else they do because of those because of how good those are yeah, yeah. i want to I, I they're all in my ten thousand flicks list i do want to check out all of their uh i just didn't have time yeah no that's that which is awesome. yeah that's it's obviously like yeah, how do we fit in like all the stuff? <laughs> yeah, like ten thousand flicks. Every time you say that number, I'm just like, man, that is a daunting task. Um, <laughs> I, I, I totally, I totally admire it. But yeah, I, I, I think they also, Austin, I think you remember this interview they did. I think it was on, it might have been on Bill Simmons' podcast with Kevin Garnett. Um, yes. Like when the movie came out, and I remember them talking about when they first got the meeting with Sandler, they were so worried that they would just be like quoting like Happy Gilmore the entire time, yeah. like like fanboying out with like they're just being like almost like the chris farley show where they're like oh remember that time when you did this like remember that? yeah like, that was like cool. very worried they said they're very worried that that's what, what would happen um but in the end they're just like no he actually was like great and like you know they, they they got along really well right away but yeah he said he said we're just like those movies are like our lifeblood like growing up you know like we were so worried that that's what it would have turned into just like quoting his movies back to him and him just being like all right dude like what is this about but um but no i think i think they ended up having a really cool relationship i think he's very thankful to them for like you know, giving this platform to kind of show this other side of of his obviously acting ability. So, um, no, it all came together really well. I mean, the, I think the cast is like it's like perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely lightning in a bottle. It worked out for the best on every like on every front. Um, the film is distributed by A twenty four, grossed fifty million on a budget of nineteen million, modest hit. Let's go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was added to the Criterion Collection in twenty twenty one. It is currently streaming on Showtime and Paramount Plus. Uh, which is good. Uh, I remember it was on Netflix for the longest time, but uh, yeah, it was. yeah, it was. had a good had a good run, had a good yeah. run on there. It was yeah. in its top ten for for a while there. Yeah, yeah. I keep meaning to pick up that Criterion um, edition. I want to. That's the next one I'm going to buy. Is Uncut Gems. I I bought I bought a Blu-ray at Walmart for like fucking whatever, like in that three for ten section, yes. or like like a year after it came out. It's like God, it's people just don't people just don't care about physical media the way. Is this uh, is this the, the movie that came out the latest on our list? It's got to be right. December nineteen, yeah, I mean, yeah, literally yeah. the end, yeah. Because yeah. um, Parasite was like earlier in the fall. Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood was like July, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Got to be, yeah, no, it's, it's be. Uh, yeah, it's the most recent movie on our list, yeah. <laughs> Wa- Wave, Waves was like November, so like a month before this, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's that's nice that's cool to think of it ma- it made the cut by us like six days yeah, that's cool. un- uncut <laughs> uh but yeah i have that same blu-ray i bought it the day it came out because i was like i need this and uh i could have probably waited because now i'm going to spend the exact same amount of money on the criterion edition which i'm going to treasure i'm now replacing movies that's the point i've gotten at like i'm i'm buying movies at least two sometimes three times yeah well, because yeah, if you see those criterions are just so much better than everything else. And Arrow, of course, and there's like those those certain like collections and organizations that try to make the coolest well, cases, the coolest yeah. special features. I'm all about top quality. I want the, the best possible quality for the movies that I that I adore. 
And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll splurge for it. Now that I have a job again, I'll, I'll splurge. (laughs) (laughs) Get by Uh, school. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? What do you do with the old ones? Uh, I give them to Austin most of the time. Yeah. I have a lot. I haven't, I, I don't have to buy movies very often because Connor's like, oh yeah, here's five movies that I replaced or yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you you gave me not that long ago, you gave me um because we did Edgar Wright not that long ago, you gave me the world's end and Shrine of the Dead. I didn't own either of those. And I was like, I guess I need to buy Hot Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if I come across a better version of Hot Fuzz, you can have you can have mine. <laughs> oh, I'll wait. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Uncut Gems has an IMDb score of 7.4, Rotten Tomatoes score of 91%, but weirdly, an unfortunate audience score of only 51%. That that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Usually, I'm on the other side of that. Usually, like, I'm with the... When a, when a movie has a negative critic score, but a positive... Or a negative uh, audience score, positive critic score, I'm usually with the audience, because I'm usually, you know, this is probably dull, pretentious, boring, and I don't get it. But in this case, I was like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Well, I, well no, I, yeah. Go ahead. Adam. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's just that's a testament to what the movie did. So many people that I know that have seen it are just like, oh, it just like it like gave me anxiety. It's like, yeah, that's the point. Like, and it's no, like, no. or I don't like it. You know, it's like, it's like, no, no, you have to kind of like kind of push through that a little bit and like try to see it for what it's for what it is and what it's doing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 why so many people have walked out. You know, like it, they're just like, oh, I I simply can't take it. Like, I can't like hear everything that they're saying. I can't like, especially in theaters. I bet it was just like, I'm well, I mean. It was almost overwhelming to me, and I, I loved it. But, like, if you were not enjoying it, it would be like, this is overwhelming. I don't like this. I'm just going to leave, you know? Um, so it doesn't it doesn't shock me that 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 is so low. You know, that doesn't shock me. Yeah, it's just it's, usually you don't see that. Yeah, it's it's a lack of it's a lack of training your brain to, well, to like, watch movies like this or, or watch characters like this that are just, just spiraling. And yeah. Yeah. whereas, like, all three of us are open to that okay with it want want it and like i mean these are these are these are like gambling movies are like my favorite kind of movies where it's just uh like like even connor like something just you know it's like way different but like owning mahoney where you're just like oh my god like dude stop like stop 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 but at the same time you're like keep going keep going baby <laughs> just keep making those bets you know keep gambling keep giving you know, fucking giving your life away I, I i i love that stuff you know one of my one of the movies that I know has influenced this movie is California Split, and Elliot Gold's character just can't stop; like he won't stop, and very much dresses the same as kind of as as a uh, as Howard Radner, and uh, is definitely an actor that people have like stolen from from the seventies. So I I love that stuff. I love that go go go. I can't stop. I I I don't know how to. I have no off you know switch. And, you know, with this with this Howard character. It is going to get under your skin, you know, because it's like, I mean, like his wife, the beautiful Adina Menzel is looking right at him like, can you please go say goodnight to your son? And he's like, come on, what the fuck's up with these refs? (laughs) He's just like so into his own little world that he's created through gambling. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just find that to be annoying, uncomfortable. All the above, and I think all all three of us are gonna have a hard time relating to that because we're like, bring it on. We love that stuff, and uh, I, I I get the fifty percent, but I obviously don't agree with it. Oh yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it, it is interesting that like I guess if you if you know somebody who's like this, if you can if you can relate to this, this is this is gonna turn you off. 
But if it's if it's a world that like you're unfamiliar with that you can kind of step into and escape for a while into this anxiety written world where this guy just ignores everybody and just lives in his own little bubble constantly until somebody punches him into reality. It's 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 fascinating. So it is strange. Like to, to me, this movie is almost like a fantasy. But to some people, it might be a little too real. Yeah, I get, I get that. OK, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I bet every single day of my life, I, 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 to stay away from like real gambling and real betting, I do like super low stakes with a friend because I don't want to get caught up. I know I'll get caught up. I have got caught up and I lost a lot of money. So I don't want to do that. I'd rather stay away, but I still love these characters and I relate to them. I understand it because I mean, right when we finish tonight, I'm going to pick. 15 baseball games uh, to bet on tomorrow. And they're all like a super low, low price because I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to like lose my life to it. Well, also you're gambling with your money, not gangsters yeah. money. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not fucking with Arno. You know, I wouldn't fuck yeah. with that guy. Just, yeah. The idea that you like, you can willfully just gamble away a hundred thousand dollars in gambling debt to a gangster that you need. And you're just like, you know, I'll take the over. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Every time I'm like, Howard, stop. But no. Well, yeah. Okay. I guess we'll get into it here in a little bit. But like, there is a moment where it's like, I, I mean, the whole movie could have been fixed, but I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But it's it's Arnold's fault. Yeah. That's about where I decided to stop and watch Reservoir Dogs for a little bit. And then it's a good, get back. yeah. That's a, that's a good <laughs> stopping point because things are about to change, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, um, I, oh, I see. You made sure you watched that Julia Fox scene before you got over to Reservoir Talks. I fast-forwarded to that. I watched that a couple times. Then I went back and started the movie over properly. As you yeah. do. As you do. As you do. Uh, yeah. Fair, fair play. <laughs> uh, critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes reads, Uncut Gems reaffirms the Safties as masters of anxiety-inducing cinema and proves Adam Sandler remains a formidable dramatic actor when given the right material. Couldn't have said it better myself. We, that's pretty much yeah. everything we just fucking said. Yep. Yeah. Way to, way to sum it up. Yeah. Yeah. Looking fantastic. All right. Well, uh, let's take a little break here, and then we'll get into the awards. So today we're going to start doing something a little bit different when there's uh, three of us here. Uh, we're very excited about it. And um, Austin, why don't you uh, explain what this what it is we're doing here? Yeah, well, here here on Filmgasm and in my life personally, gotta love gotta love a good draft. Uh, I think this will be a good way to kind of spice it up. We're just gonna try it out. If it works out, if we like it, we're gonna continue on uh, next week with Inherent Vice. But today, Uncut Gems draft, we're gonna stick with our normal categories: the Tarantino for favorite quote, the Thomas Newman Award for the uh, favorite music moment, uh, the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for performance. And the John Carpenter Award for scene. So we'll still we'll all have three picks for. Uh, there will be three picks for each category because we each have one, right? But the way we're going to do it is, Connor's going to have the first pick, so he can take whatever category he wants. If he wants to choose a quote, he chooses a quote. Performance, performance. Once that quote or performance or music moment or scene is gone, it's gone. Connor has it, or Adam or myself. So this will be kind of a cool way to represent multiple parts of the movie instead of overlapping on each other. Uh, this also creates strategy throughout the draft because you, 
it's we're going for total chaos. This is uncut gems. So you can pick whatever you want at any given moment. So if Connor wants to go performance, Adam wants to change it up and do scene, go ahead. Have at it, you know? Um, and I think it'll make more sense as we get going. So Connor, without further ado, you have the first pick, Adam's second pick. We're doing snake draft, so I'll have the third and fourth, and we'll go back the other way. All right. Interesting. Well, uh, I think I know where I'm going to start here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but first, I have a question. Yeah. Guess who my favorite villain is in Spider-Man 3? It's the Sandman. Give me Adam <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> uh, yeah. Come on. It, he's, yeah. The, he's the golden goose of this fucker. Like, he is the... It's hands down the best performance by a lot. I mean, everyone else is doing a good job, but he's really unrecognizable in this. Like, I don't see Happy Gilmore. I don't see Billy Madison. I see this idiot Howard who just keeps fucking up his own life and digging a hole he cannot possibly escape from. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> well played. Very well played. Uh, no, uh, no, he, he is he is unreal in this movie. Uh, Howard Ratner, like, Long live Howard Ratner. Well, not really, but you know, I appreciate the that, sentiment. I I would love to go uh go there and help him and and you know knock Phil out before you know before <laughs> before he dies. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so that's my that's my pick, Adam Sandler for best performance. Uh, well done. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I figured that's how it was going to go down. Adam, you have the second pick. Where are you going? Okay. Um. Yeah, I knew that was going to be the first pick. Would have been my first pick as well. Um, let's see. So I'm torn here because there's a performance I'd like to get, but I I don't know which way Austin's gonna go. Um, so there's here we I, are. This is this is why we do it. <laughs> I have three awesome quotes. So I'm not really worried about that. I'm I'm not gonna get a quote because there's, there's oh there there are dozens yeah. of quotes. Well, there's yeah. so many. Yeah, but there's three that I have that I'm like I definitely I definitely want. Um. I do think there is like a kind of a, a I don't know best scene but like there is a favorite for me, um, but even that I feel like I can go. But so this this might be dumb, but I'm actually gonna go music moment because I had one that stood out more than any yes. any other. Oh, here we go. Good, I'm glad I'm doing this. I had one that stood out more than any other one, um, and it's honestly the very end of the movie when the, the kind of like jangly score okay. kicks in mm-hmm. when they win the bet. It, car- it carries right into the end of the movie, and then the zoom in on the you know the 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 bullet hole like through um howard um that it, that would be my favorite music moment when it, it kind of changes a little bit of the tempo obviously um from that kind of pulsating to kind of like i said the more jangly score and uh i don't know i just really like that i thought that was the one that, and that was like that clearly stood out to me so like, i want to make sure i get that if i have the opportunity so i'm gonna take that good pick the title of that track is uncut gems oh there you go uh okay so you're going music I, okay for a second i thought you're gonna steal my weird music pick and i'm glad you didn't um I'm taking KG. Uh, I'm taking Kevin okay. Garnett. Um, okay, happy with that. I'll, I'll, I'll happily take the third person there. Yeah, third person. You can go. You can go a few ways, right? So you right, know. right, right. Hell, you can go. You can go with Gooey if you want. Um, <laughs> I there's love some Gooey. Good, yeah, there's some great performances. He's like, that's one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, and thirty-eight. Uh, uh, he's like, that's another thirty-eight thousand. That's ten percent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but KG, yeah, he's, he's my first pick. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it a bunch. Uh, I don't. I don't even know, Adam. I don't even know. I mean, you remember when I was like six or seven years old? Like I, I wore that KG Minnesota Timberwolves jersey, like it was, like it was my skin. Uh, <laughs> I wore it, I wore it all the time. It's one of my favorite 
not just my favorite jersey that I had, but it's one of my favorite like models ever because it has the trees on the collar, yep. the, the like the green trees, uh, you know, the Timberwolves and kind of that cool early two thousands font. I'm totally obsessed with the guy. I still keep up with him, you know, follow him on Instagram. Uh, I'm head over heels for him. So to have him in a movie that I actually like with Adam Sandler, a movie that I rewatch all the time. Great stuff. I take him. Um, and then he's actually good too. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so shit. I'm going to do, uh, just, just in case I don't, I'm just going to do it. Uh, I'm going to ch- choose my music moment here and I'm going to go off the beaten path. Uh, this score is fantastic. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's very, it's very reminiscent of the 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 good time score, just kind of like wee wee wee, you know, kind of kind of synthy eighties style. Like, uh-huh. definitely reminds me of Thief from nineteen eighty one. But my favorite music moment is when Rain plays by Madonna when he goes back to the apartment to make sure that Julia has moved all of her stuff out. And she mm-hmm. plays the song and writes that note. Like, like she's like 15. Yeah. <laughs> like who does that? And it's really kind of like, when you really listen to it, just kind of like, cause I'm not like a crazy Madonna fan or anything, but like when you listen to it, it's just like one of those cheesy eighties, like, come on, like, what is this? You know, like it's something that would play at like a, you know, like at a fucking school dance. And I just thought I, this time around watching it, I don't think I ever connected to that moment more. I just thought it was so funny and watching Sandler walk in like, what the fuck? I wanted to choose it. I think it's one of the most unique needle drops and you have to really be paying attention to catch it. So I'm going to go rain by Madonna. It's funny. I, I love right before that scene where randomly Billy Joel's the stranger kicks in. Yes. Yes. It's just, it's such a weird choice, but it works. Yeah. I, yeah. God, that starts the movie is kind of like an interesting interesting point in the movie it's it's uh you know after the passover thing and they go in the car and he's like oh i gotta stop at the other apartment and adina menzel who is who lights out in this movie she's like oh look we have to go to the apartment so we can fuck his girl you know fuck his mistress and you know the son is like oh i have to pee and you know they, they do that whole thing where he's like he's even then he's like playing his own game he's like oh i don't want my son to see in case julia's there i want my son to see so he takes him to piss in the other room you know and the guy's like number one and number two it's like oh, i just gotta pee and he goes in there and then he's like hey who's the hot chick that lives with you and the he's like what what are you talking about he's like oh the neighbor was talking about it, it even then sandler is just like on one and it's like dude all you're doing is going and like picking up some keys like what even then he's like the stress is so high and that's that's one of the things i love about this movie where it could have lulls it just it does not <laughs> no 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 oh very cool yeah adam second pick Okay, uh, you've, you've picked your music moment. What, what, what else you got? I did. I did. Um, you can say performance for the end now. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't have to pick performance. That's great. Yeah, I can say that for the end. Okay. Um, man. Uh, okay, let's go best scene. Uh, and to kind of like, I don't know. I You know, I wanted to kind of maybe go at the end there because it you know couples with my music moment, but just to kind of spread it around just a little bit. I actually really, this time around, watched, I love the scene um after the auction when howard gets beat up and thrown into the water when he goes back he's all embarrassed to like he like you know doesn't he like doesn't want julia to see like you know his yeah. face that and then she kind of comes to like comfort in the office and i was just like man these are two just like broken people and like just talking oh, yeah. to each other and like going you know going to this whole thing it's like they just, and they just they're on this like weird spiral they don't even realize it's as bad as it actually is 
Um, so toxic. Yeah. That scene, that scene kind of like really stood out to me this time on this watch. Uh, and like, he's so quick to kind of like, like she's so quick to kind of let him back in, even though he's like this kind of like disastrous dude. And, like he's so quick to let her back in. Though she's like a slightly aimless, you know, like, gr- like girl. I mean, she's a, she's like, Kind of like a, a just like a little girl at times in this movie. You know when I mean? like, when this movie came out, she was like twenty eight years old. Yeah, but I mean, she but she acts like she's like eighteen sometimes. Yes, you know I mean? fifteen. I mean, again, she plays Rain by Madonna. Yeah, yeah, like, right. That, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's like it's like yeah. These are these are these are people who just kind of I don't know. They're, yeah, I guess they're just broken. But no, that seemed like really kind of like jumped out to me this time. But he, but he, even even in that and like in that kind of brokenness, he's still kind of like. I, you know, I can figure out a way. Like, I can get out of this. I can, it's like, he, I can, I can borrow from Peter to pay Paul again. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's yeah. like he always can kind of like come up with like some sort of little scheme. And and she gets um, the tattoo. Oh, I know, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, just why did you do that? Oh no, yeah. I don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can't even get buried with me now. Yeah, <laughs> broken people, broken people. Uh, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? yeah yeah oh it's incredible that is a great that's a great call i didn't think about that as like my favorite scene but it is it always makes me laugh (laughs) like look at these idiots (laughs) great pick great pick Mm. so that's your scene connor you have two picks in a row and you have sandler okay um i'm gonna i'm gonna pick a line okay uh going with quote here we go yeah okay so there's a lot of great lines in this movie. There's a lot of the dialogue is just argumentative, but um, there are some random moments where it's just like, <laughs> and I got to go with, uh, with Dina. Yes. Oh, dude, she's so good. Just imagine what this woman has gone through her husband, who I imagine was already a huge piece of shit before all this uh, cheated on her with some, you know, 28 year old, whatever like em- employee and now lives with her they're in the they're are they in the midst of a divorce or is the divorce already happened they, they're talking about it because she has that one line that i think is great where she's like uh well like why don't we just get like rip the band-aid off and do it now and he's like oh, i thought we we're gonna wait till after passover and she's like you say that and then we're gonna wait till after summer and he's like i'd be okay with after summer i remember yeah okay well yeah so she just she fucking hates him obviously for yeah. good reason and he like kind of toys with the idea of like, you know, Hey, let's let bygones be bygones and you know try to work <laughs> this out. And she's like, you know what? And says to him, I think you are the most annoying person I have ever met. I hate being with you. I hate looking at you. And if I had my way, I would never see you again. And he's not even hurt. He's like, come on. Like he doesn't even hear it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, he's like, ah, you yeah. You hurt right now. It's okay. I understand. If you want to punch me, and she goes, uh, and she's like, I don't even want to touch you. So good. I've never hated a human being that much in my life. I can't imagine mm, that. No. I, hear somebody say that to me to then just be like, no, no, you're just like you're in pain now. You'll get over that. Like, no, that's it's over. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I just the shit she goes through with this guy. You know, coming out of the school play to unlock the tr- the trunk where he's naked in. It's like, dude, I can't imagine. And you just you know that she, none of this is the first time for any of this show. Like this is shit she's been dealing with the entire goddamn marriage, and you can see it in her performance. Yeah, man, I that that is such a good call. I love that scene. The Passover scene is really good, but mainly when she's in that dress, and they're all. 
what's great about that is is kind of like the the composition of it is that all the other like supporting characters are all building her up and he's trying to like be on the mountain with her and she's like nah yeah, nah. yeah. like and then when they get home she's like take out the trash <laughs> yeah the recycling yeah yeah take, yeah. yeah take out the recycling yeah she delivers it so like matter of fact too she's like you're like the most like she almost has like this like sly smile on, my, on her face like it's like she's so far over it that she's like I wouldn't even consider that, like staying with you. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, no, like not only would I consider it, you're the most annoying person I've ever been around in my entire life. Like, she's just like, it, it, she almost says, yeah, like it's like a smile. She's like, what? Like, are you serious? Like, she's no, that scene, she's great. In that, that scene. yeah, really that fun. that bit and the bit after after the the play, and when they're at home, and she's like heating up the dinner. He's like, ah, what, it smells good, barbecue chicken. Yeah, and she just she just looks at him like, "What the fuck do you care?" And then the yeah. daughter the daughter comes in, and he's like trying to compliment her, and she's like, "Whatever, dad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to you're literally dressed like an idiot, like a 19 year old Guido about to go watch the, the weekend. Like you're not my yeah. you're not a dad. Like it's yeah, such yeah. a it's such a great scene. Like that that whole like run with like his family. Uh, they they nail those scenes. Favorite part of that scene is when Dina takes the chicken out of the microwave and just like shows <laughs> it up. to him, like yeah, yeah. and then walks <laughs> yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, a little he's... eyebrow raise, like yeah, yeah. Like, really, <laughs> yeah. bitch. Uh, and I can't like, imagine he's... having someone that irritating in my life where like I have to deal with them, but I hate them with every fiber of my being. No, uh, yeah, and and yet uh, and yet still, she like feeds him. And, you know, and, like, does that whole thing like you do as, as a partner. Because she's just like, without me, you, like, wouldn't survive. And and look what happens when you don't have me. You die. <laughs> like, she, like, she's... 175,000 she's in Julia's hands, shit goes south. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that scene, too. <laughs> so funny. There, this movie makes me laugh the more I watch it. Because you know, you're, like, ready for that, like, really, like, crazy ending. You're more just enjoying the ride. And there's just some some great bits. So that's a great call, Connor. I'm glad Adina Menzel gets a shout out uh, with that quote. So what, what should we call that quote? Because um, I'm trying to write them down like short. Let's do most uh, annoying person ever. Or how about just like don't don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, from 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 Dina. <laughs> and you have another pick. I do, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, we just talked about it when Howard gives Julia. The 175k that scene is so fucking infuriating because it's over it should be over he got the money he sold the opal kg gets what he wants arno's right fucking there it could all end right now but yeah no howard's you know he's got money and when a gambling addict has money all they're thinking about is the next bet and right there is like as soon as he starts talking to kg about the game you're just like Shut up, Howard. Shut the fuck up. Stop it. Turn it off. Don't do this. They're right there. And nope. Ah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a tense yeah. scene. It's it's done so well. Just kind of how how quickly it moves, but also how like it it explains everything, you know, with KG coming in. Kind of I love how KG comes in, like, yo, man, like let me give you, like, I need to talk to you for a couple minutes. And he tells yeah. like his he tells his agent like two seconds. Like, I'm going to his office. I'm going to talk to him. And he's like, what the fuck has been going on, man? Like you've been giving me the runaround ever since I met you. Like your door don't work. <laughs> you, you have people out bidding me at the auction. Like you, like he's like, you think I'm stupid or what? And then like, he does the whole thing. And he's like, he's be honest with me. How much did you buy this thing for? 
And he's like, he admits like, oh, you know, I paid 100K. So he's like, so you doubled your money. And he's like, he explains the whole, I mean, that's where the line, the, like, you know, the most famous line from the movie comes is like, KG, you know, like you do the, you do your thing. This is how I win. <laughs> like yeah. he does that, that whole bit about like, look at this. They think, they think you're going to lose to Philly. Like they think you're only going to score 15 points. They're like, they think you're only going to get seven rebounds. Like, don't you want to just fucking kill him? <laughs> he does that whole thing. And KG's like, dude, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he somehow calls Julia and Julia has like the most I mean I, I obviously he calls her from from his office to there but she like pulls it off somehow Julia sneaks over to Joe's gets the bag and, and another great line is I'm gonna fuck the living shit out of you tonight <laughs> she takes the bag and, and off they go to Mohegan Sun you know um it's, an empty it's, promise it's, in the end yes an empty promise indeed and we, we don't get to see her reaction to that empty promise the right. movie ends. Uh, right. Great, great stuff. So yeah, that's a good pick, Connor. I'll, I'll call that the 175,000 scene. Um, just incredible, incredible stuff. Like the the way this movie ratches it up after an hour and 45 minutes of ratcheting it up is is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and then from there it just gets you know, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. That whole thing, you know, like you won, but it's not like those guys you've been pissing off the whole movie are just gonna go away. Yeah, yeah, and, and of course, like right there, yes, like you have one hundred seventy-five thousand. You can pay. You can pay your. You pay your dues. You know, do what you got to do. Like level a playing field for yourself. But even before that, when he, you know, when he first gives the Opal to KG or whatever, and, and like does the whole thing with the Celtics ring and pawns or whatever. Right there, after he does that six-way parlay in the Celtics game. Uh, which I believe Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that game is game three. That the first game that's played in the series when yeah. like he does the he does the first bet and he's like he goes to the guy he's like cancel everything he's like I want KG points KG rebounds KG assists KG blocks I want Celtics to cover he does this whole thing and then the guy looks at him that's the dumbest bet I've ever heard of yeah <laughs> I disagree I disagree it, so when it, he it is a dumb bet it's it's fucking stupid yeah. but when he but he when he wins. He wins a shit ton of money. And right there, you're like, oh man, like he's about to change his life. He's going to give the money to Arno. But then Arno cancels the bet. Like at that point in the movie, you're like, oh my God, everything could have been fixed right there. But we need, we need another hour of the movie. So, so Arno cancels the bet and like basically steals money from himself. Arno, like he doesn't, you know, he's like, I just don't trust this guy. But yeah, uh, Yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's crazy how this movie like continues to string you along. But not in like a, obviously it's exhausting, but you're, you're, it's fresh. You're like, oh man, like what's the next ridiculous thing that's going to happen? <laughs> so if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think we see scenes from games three and four s- and seven. Four. Yes, definitely. Obviously game seven at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's the two in Philly. Cause yeah, they're, they're, they're you see at one point it says, you know, series tied one, one and they're in Philly. And yeah. Then the one, where they're losing, where he gets taken out late. I think that's game four. And that's where he doesn't have the opal. Right, right, right. And that's that's when they're at the Passover, and Gooey's like, yeah, he looks beat up out there, you know? like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like that's my guy. He was in the shop the other day. So the timeline, the timeline, we lose a little bit. There's a few days there in between that we don't really see, I guess, is what is the point. Because game four yeah. to game seven, that would have been like almost like, you know, probably five days. Yeah, I, I, I would say at least, yeah. It's like... Yeah, I don't want to like completely map it out, but yeah, I thought about that too. Just kind of like, well, yeah. what happened? Space between the notes, like what exactly happened? But yeah, yeah. It, it is a movie, and 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Can't have can't have everything. But uh Adam, you have the next pick. You have your music moment and you have your scene. So what's next? Uh, I'm gonna go quote because I I, I know who my, my my performance is gonna be. Um yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna go quote. I mean that you know, this is how I win. You know, I, I like that's 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 it's that's, too easy. Yeah. Yeah, but it's almost like yeah, that's like it's like a lamp. Um there's another one that I really like. I'm gonna see if you guys take it. If you don't, I'm gonna shout it out. I'm gonna shout it out later. But I'm gonna take this one. Um so this is between Howard and Damani. Uh and they're Demon- I think, I think when, great i think it's when they're walking i think they're walking into the philly practice facility or something like that or it's, it's around that time and he says uh i'll have you know the first two points scored in the nba was by a jew and he says yeah yeah who who what fred flintstone he goes no Ozzy <laughs> Sheckman, 1946 played for the knicks and i called i mean i knew that random you know bit of trivia isaiah was watching the end of the movie with me today awesome and as that scene was playing out i just go ozzy Sheckman," like right before he right before he says it and i was like of course you need that like yes <laughs> yeah but yeah ozzy Sheckman scored the first points for that but i love that little that little bit there uh because it is true it's like the yeah jewish people there is there is a, a very strong uh connection to the game of basketball uh for for whatever reason but yeah yeah, love- well, and, and, and obviously we can't say exactly what Damani says, but like the way he prompts that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I left that part of the quote out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking hilarious. It is. <laughs> it's, it's a great, yeah, it's a great joke. Uh, they're in, they're like, I keep the whole time I'm asking, like, why the hell is Damani hanging out with this guy? Like, there, surely there's other ways to sell watches in New York. Yeah. Like, yeah. having to deal with this dude's bullshit all the fucking time. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. There, yeah, it's a twisted, twisted relationship. <laughs> but it, but it's, but obviously, it creates the movie because Damani's friends with KG and like that whole thing, that whole storyline. So, uh, yeah, Damani's great. Damani cracks me up in this, where he just like, and he's embarrassed by him because he goes when Adam Sandler's like, oh, cookies. He gets the ball. He's like, "Ah, oh, he's going up for the layup." Yeah, yeah. It's such a, it's such a funny, and that's that's Sandler, right? That's like that is Sandler. That's like 1996. Adam Sandler just doing his thing, and I love it. It's like he was like let off the leash for a second. Great stuff. So, your quote, we'll call it the uh, Ozzy Sheckman quote. Yes. Okay, so you guys both have your quotes. So let's see. What do I need to do for strategy-wise? Well, I guess I have two picks left, so I just have to take the last two. Um, so I got KG, and I did Rain by Madonna. Um, I'll just combine my quote and scene because it, it, it truly is my favorite scene. And my favorite quote, I'll go ahead and say now. Or actually, I'll wait a second. So when KG first comes to the, to the, to the, to the shop, that's my favorite scene. The first time we see KG walk in and Damani's with him, and it's just kind of like, oh wow! And that was and, my second. Uh, pick. Uh, it, it's it's incredible because obviously it starts the whole movie on this this whole storyline of like KG's involved with this Opal. When the Opal comes in, KG's there, and Adam Sandler, you know uh, how he's like, oh, like you gotta wait, man, you gotta wait, like I gotta show you this thing or whatever. Uh, and so he does he does that whole bit, and he's like, oh man, this guy's crazy, but like I want to check this thing out, and he opens it and he's holding it. And my favorite quote from Howie in that moment is, that's a million-dollar opal you're holding, straight from Ethiopian Jewish tribe. I mean, this is old-school, Middle-earth shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just such an awesome, awesome moment between two people I love, talking about this crazy stone that's got all these wacky colors in it. And then KG's leaning on the glass, and he starts kind of like, 
he start because you know Adam, you know like you know KG's fucking weird. Like he's just yeah. weird. And like before games, he like talks to himself, just like hype himself up, because like no one else is on the same page as him. No one's as nuts as he is. And so he has to like talk to the stanchion below the like on the, you know the basketball hoop yep. just to get himself riled up. And so when he's looking at the stone, you're like KG would do that. Like the movie works because KG would look at this colorful stone, this opal, and be like, "I need this shit, man." <laughs> And like yeah. he br- he breaks the glass and he's like, no man, I'm telling you, like I'm gonna drop forty or fifty with this thing. Like, like I need this stone, like I need it. And so he's like, I'm not leaving without it. And and how he's like, whoa, and they're like, no, it's not for sale. Like I have it going to auction. And he's like, well, like why why the fuck would you show me something if you can't sell it to me? And he's like, I just want to show you, man. I love you, KG. Like, come on. <laughs> it's such an incredible moment. And then because he's KG and because how he's how he looks up to him and also is like, fuck, like I can't. You know, I can't let this guy down. He lets him lets him take it for the night to go play in game three against Philly in the 2012 playoffs. In that game, he actually did have like 28 points and 13 rebounds, which is like a cool actual thing they used. And then um he's like, Well, I need some like collateral, you know, whatever's like I, I need something from you. And he gives him the 2008 championship ring, which to me is like, all right, fair trade, go ahead, take it forever. <laughs> I'll keep the fucking 2008 ring. But uh, he's like, no, this thing's worth more. So, like, I, I need to make the trade. Immediately goes and pawns it off. And then, you know, goes goes and starts making bets. You know, he's like, all right, I know something. And that's when he does the whole bet thing, the six-way parlay in the same game. That that stretch of the movie when we first see KG and see kind of the the ride it takes Howie on immediately is is incredible. It's like just golden stuff. So, I love well, that quote. It's, it's when we realize that they're, that they're kindred spirits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they both are just like two obsessed guys, right? Uh, yeah. They have like different things that drive them, but they're very obsessed. Also, another quote from that exact like moment too is when he first opens up the opal and he goes, holy shit, I'm going to come. Yeah. I thought when you, were, when you were setting up your scene, that's what I thought you were picking. Me too. Me too. Uh, holy shit, I'm going to come. And the guy, the guy is complaining to him like, I'm going to quit. He's like, look what you're doing. You're fucking with fishes. Like, come on, man. Anybody else in the district would love to have me. And you're not going to like my it, life. Howie. You're Eight not going to like it. Life. Eight years of my life, he kept saying. Uh, I love whenever somebody, like, is confrontational with Howard, he's just ignoring them. Like, he's just yeah. bouncing around in his own little, like, crazy world until someone literally, like, slaps him or kicks his ass. And then all of a sudden, reality sets in. But he is just like, just like KG, you know, in his own little obsessive bubble that he's created for himself to insulate himself in his own way with, you know, KG it's the, it's the, the opal and with Howard it's you know, gambling yeah. and yeah. A, a score. Yeah. Like scoring. Yeah. yeah. The next, the next, the next big score. It's such a crazy way to live your life. Just, yeah. How does he not have like, you know, heart problems? It's, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, he probably does. Right. Well, I love how the opening of the movie is him like at the doctor. It's yeah. like, He's like getting checked or whatever. Uh, and when the doctor calls him back, it's complete chaos <laughs> in his office. Damani's pouring shit in his fish tank. Like, fuck you, man. Those are my watches. And it's just, just bon- the doctor's like, everything okay over there? <laughs> uh, it's just insane. I mean, if you're a normal person from fucking Texas, you're like, this, this world is like way too fast. One line I almost went with was in that scene where the doc, he's on the phone with the doctor. <laughs> the doctor just casually says, Colon cancer just paid for my house in the Hamptons. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. That is that is genius. <laughs>
an asshole. So Connor, now that we've all we've all picked our line now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now that that's been picked, yeah. So my backup line was the. It was around that same time, Connor, and he says, "I know, I know, Jews and colon cancer. What is that? I thought we were the chosen people." <laughs> Great. Uh, I love I love the line, fucking from stone to stone. Garnett's a stone. You know that. <laughs> Garnett's uh, actually my birthstone. So I nice. yeah, fucking love nice. that. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Great stuff. Well, okay. We're Adam, you're you're you have the performance left, and Connor, you have music moment. Okay. Okay. So my performance, uh Lakeith Stanfield for me. Yeah, Damani. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as as Damani. Yeah, he 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 stood out more this time than I think even like the first you know few times I, I saw the movie. I don't I don't know. He I, I, he played a bigger role than I remembered. I, I was like, man, he's in like more scenes than I. Kind of like, like yeah, he's like kind of cool, you know, cool guy in the scene. You know, kind of like uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Sicario. Just like forgot. Sure. Yep. Yeah. You combine yep. those two, what do you get? Get out. Shoot us yeah. in the Black Messiah. Oh, <laughs> and, and that one, <laughs> and hopefully more in the future. <laughs> I hope so. They're fucking fantastic together. Hopefully uh, Spider Man. Hopefully Spider Man. Uh, beyond the Spider Verse. Um, oh man, Lakeith uh, would be great in that, right? Yeah. Yes, right. he would. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that that's fine. I, I mean, he. I think he's just so good. I mean, he he he. In this in this movie, he's he's quite different than like you know his Atlanta character or whatever, where he's like this kind of just like total like you know weirdo. Um, I mean, he's, you know, obviously like I love him in that show, but um, yeah. He's a little more like kind of like cool. Like I like he's a little more like in like the in crowd and like he's like kind of a hustler. He's kind of like um like plays the game a little bit. Whereas like I think a lot of his other stuff, and I think probably how, how he is in real life is kind of just like, yeah, whatever, man. Like I'm just cool, you know, like like this, you know, he has a little bit of that anxiety. He has a little bit of that like, you know, I gotta I gotta get mine, I gotta take care of mine. Um, instead of that kind of like just just like roll, you know, go with the flow like vibe that he put has in a lot of his other performances, uh, particularly Atlanta. But um, yeah, I thought he was just great in this. And I, I think like bounces off of of Adam Sandler really well. Like I thought their chemistry was was awesome, despite like you know, most of the scenes are kind of arguing. But I think they just they have a good like dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Um have you seen to speak about Lakeith? I mean, yeah, th- like what what can you say about him? He's just a fucking legend already. Have you guys seen the actors and actors, Brad Pitt and Adam Sandler? Yeah. No. And Brad Pitt is asking about Lakeith. He's like, man, what a like what a talented guy. What what was it like to work with him? And Adam Sandler was like, I learned more from him than he learned from me. Fuck. <laughs> like the guy, the guy's just, the guy's just a legend. And, and Adam was like, he would like come and like read lines with me and stuff. And like, he just like wanted to work, 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 like nail this character. And, and he does. And I read somewhere and I thought this is really fascinating. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Someone was like, can we get an uncut gems too? But from Damani's perspective, like not at the same time frame, but like when he first met Howie, mm. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that. I've watched the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like oh, Damani, yeah. Damani, like coming to him being like, like, what's the pitch? He's like, look, I'm going to bring like high, high rollers in here. Athletes, my friends, whatever people around New York city who like ha- have money to spend. And like, what am I going to get out of it? Am I going to get 10% of the sales? Like, like I'm like an unofficial salesman. I'm not going to work for you, but I will come in as long as you give me a cut. That's like such an interesting relationship that we, we know about, like we understand it, like on a surface level. But there's obviously things that have happened between them that would probably blow our minds. You know, like what other stories does Damani have to tell about Howie? I don't know. I know he's not going to the funeral. No, 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 no. I think the funeral might have Julia there. That's that's 
Yeah, they're gonna oh, like man. they're gonna chuck him in the Hudson and then just walk away. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so we've all picked a scene, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, Connor, all you have left is 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 music moment. I, the ending to me of this movie is fucking amazing. Like the not just killing Howie, but killing Arno is just like you, you kind of forget. You're like, oh yeah, like I forget what kind of world we're in. Like it's there, it's their world. As much as we're like wrapped up in Howie's game, it's like, you know, like those guys had control the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. I love that the moments where like Arno realizes he's no longer in control, that like his thugs are way more hardcore than he is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's his it's his brother-in-law. Yeah. And he, you know, he hates him, but he doesn't want him dead. Yeah, because like if he dies, what is he going to tell Gooey? You know, like, like, come on, like he's got... He has people to answer to, you know, uh, that are not business partners that are like family members. So he definitely is like, let's fuck him up. Let's get what we need out of them. But yeah, I mean, death, like that's when he's like, I'm out. I want out of here. Like, and Phil feels like, boom, just shoots him. And he's like, come on. And they start taking the jewelry and stuff. You're just like, dude, those guys. And, and it's foreshadowing because at the very beginning of the movie, the first time we see Phil, he looks at Howie and says, you're fucking dead. And it's like, well, yep. Yeah. I mean, two hours later, bam. Yeah, the and whole they, movie yeah. they just keep antagonizing each other, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the camera, the camera clues in a couple of times because, like, there's times where they'll zoom in, kind of like on his eyes, like, and like he kind of you, you see him just kind of staring at Howie a couple of times. It's like it's clearly he's like got this like just incredible disdain for him. He's like, I know, like, technically I'm kind of like working with you know Arno or like working for Arno, but like I'm uh, you know this guy has like drawn my ire, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to stop him. You know what I mean? Like yes. I do not want him to win, whatever that takes. And obviously, in the end, it takes you know killing him. But well, um, and, and and like also a line I thought about was when he looks at him and goes, "You having a good time?" Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does like the like old like 1995 Sandler like yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Hurley he boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So good. <laughs> um, yeah. God, this movie rules. But Connor, you have the last pick. Uh, music moment. What do you got? Um, I'm going with the uh, the opening credits. Oh yeah, classic. It sets us up. It's almost like an episode of like Carl Sagan's Cosmos show, where it's just you know the universe as you know as we know it, and it's it's so against what you think this movie is going to be the first time you see it, and then as we zoom out, we realize oh this is Howard's <clears throat> colon, and it's like Howard might be the only movie character in history to be introduced asshole first. And it's just so appropriate for who he is. And the music playing is like, it's so ethereal and so strange and just bizarre and fits the guy so well. Cause you could not explain Howard Ratner to anybody who hasn't seen this movie. Yeah. 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 Just like, I, I don't even, yeah. I don't even know where you begin, you know, the word, where does the sentence start? <laughs> You're not gonna believe this guy. <laughs> He's crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Yeah. It's it, that, that, that track is uh, called the ballad of Howie bling. What a cool name. God. And that is Instagram yeah. handle. How? Yeah. yeah. He's like, come on. Howie bling. Come on. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you know, that's, that's one thing I do respect about the movie. Cause it's supposed to be 2012. He actually does have an iPhone from that era. Like you can yep. tell it's not, you can tell it's not like an iPhone 11 or whatever. It's, it's like an iPhone four or five or whatever. Yeah. And the texting. Yeah. You can tell that the text bubbles are different. Yeah. 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 yeah good. Good. Just good shit all around the safties. 
are incredible. Uh, I can't wait to see, you know, what else, what else, you know, goes on with their career. And I'd love to see them reunite with, with Sandler again, obviously they, they can get the best out of them. So uh, should I recap these uh, uh, picks real quick? If, sure. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I'll go through. So Connor, Connor for performance has Sandler. Adam for performance has Lakeith. And I have Kevin Garnett. Uh, for quote, Connor chose the Dina. You were the most annoying person ever. <laughs> if I had it my way, I wouldn't even see you again. Uh, Adam chose the Aussie Checkman, uh, 1946, played for the Knicks. Uh, quote, I chose the, uh, that's a million dollar opal you're holding your hand, Ethiopian Jewish you know, tribe, uh, Middle Earth shit. Uh, then Connor for scene chose the kind of the last bet, the 175,000 going from one window to the other to Julia. Uh, could just complete madness in his in his shop. Adam shows the kind of post beat up scene where, <laughs> where Sandler and and Fox are doing a lot of acting here, and it is it is actually quite remarkable. I thought that was kind of the steal of the draft. I didn't really think about that. Uh, so great pick. I chose the uh, first time we see Kevin Garnett and the Opal, and the movie becomes what it is. Uh, Connor for music moment chose the Ballad of Howie Bling, which is the first track. That you hear Adam chose Uncut Gems, which is the last track that you hear. And I chose Rain by Madonna, which is a track, <laughs> uh, which is which is one of the few needle drops. Um, yeah. One thing I will bring up. We haven't talked about the weekend being in this movie. Uh, that is I don't I don't care about the weekend, like as far as like his music and whatnot. I'm not I'm not a fan at all. Uh, I mean, you know, respect him for, you know, being whatever like really famous and whatever i don't really care too much it's just not my it's not for me but the fact that he's just in this movie in the middle of it in 2019 is a pretty big fucking deal like i wonder how that how that went how they got him to be in this movie because he he's he's pretty fucking huge mm-hmm. so I, I wonder how that like those negotiations went obviously they're kind of catching the weekend they're trying to make it like 2012 when he was first becoming right. Becoming the weekend and people like Adam Sandler is like the fuck is the weekend, you know? <laughs> He's yeah. like, he looks he looks like an idiot. But now when he gets casted in the movie, he, he was a he was already massive and has just gotten bigger since then. Well, it's also like I wonder how they pitched it to him because he plays like he's a dick in this movie. Oh, yeah. he sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Well, I, and, I and famously, you know, he's he's got a famous song about cocaine, and he does cocaine in this movie. You know what I mean? It's like it's, but it's like it's like that is a part of his his life that it seems like he's maybe tried to leave behind a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that's that that's interesting that that, that they got him to do that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like like when he's like, I'm not gonna perform without the fucking black light. You're just like this yeah. guy sucks. Like and like and I I I I feel like Howie in that moment where I'm like, where the fuck? am i what am i doing <laughs> what am i doing here i would i would I want no part of that scene like i just no thanks so i think that scene's really good all when he like catches her in the restroom with a character named flawless <laughs> he's like oh fucking fucking how is the building <laughs> it's such a funny like it's just like fuck this whole world you know this like go-getter hustler like Check out this Ferrari, this Porsche, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that whole yeah. world is just like disgusting well, to me. It speaks to how he's insecurities because he wants so badly to be part of this world, but everyone just knows he's not cut out for it. Everyone wants nothing to do with him, but he keeps trying to push his way into this high roller world that he just does not belong to. And you just you know that like that comes from somewhere. There's probably some deep seated 
resentment towards something that created this guy. This guy doesn't just happen overnight. Uh, but it's all in the performance. Like you don't need to be told everything. You can just tell by the way Sandler performs it that this guy's got demons yeah. associated with this world. Yeah. Yeah. And like we don't need to know all the pieces. You know, like I, Sandler, Sandler picks him up and just kind of has him just all over the place and 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 knocks the performance out of the park. So um I guess uh, we can move on to what's in the box unless you guys have anything else to say before we finish off the, you know, we're done with the awards now. Um, no, I didn't have any, uh, we, we discussed pretty much everything I had written down. Uh, I'm trying to think. I have a couple, I have a couple little things. Uh, okay. Let's hear, let's hear it. So, so the diamond district, uh, yes. fascinating yes. place, fascinating place. And this is not something we've talked about much, much about, but obviously a bunch of these guys that are in this are actual diamond district guys that the Safdies kind of, um, came across, which is why there's a bunch of them who don't really have faces for the movies, but uh, but they've made it into into this into this film because they use like real dudes, and not everybody, not all of them, but um, but some of yeah. the people they use, like the guy that's in the hallway at one point, like trying to get the uh, the fake Rolex back, like that's a real Diamond District guy. Uh, there's a few that they kind of use. Um, I looked up the Diamond District. I just like Google Diamond District. I was trying to figure out exactly where it was. Um, so I got that, but I also um. I also looked at these Google reviews for a couple different places in the Diamond District and listen to this. All in all, I can sum up the Diamond District in two words. Buyer beware. In reality, the 47th Street is a huge beginner's trap uh, for buying diamonds. If you don't want to take the risk of buying jewelry and end up receiving something else for what you actually paid for, avoid the area. And then this is another one. There is no such thing as a bargain diamond. Instead, there are beautiful diamonds at a fair price or a low quality diamond with inflated and misleading quality grades. The New York Diamond District too often deals in the latter. (laughs) Uh, oh. I mean, it, it, it is a place, I mean, it, I, as portrayed on this movie, it's not a place I've spent a lot of time in the, in my trips to New York, but um, I, first of all, how do y'all feel about jewelry? Cause like, I just don't care about jewelry. Like at oh, all yeah, I'm no. not like an accessories no. guy or like, yeah. So like, but these dudes are like, like that, that, that kid that works for him that says like, you know, I gave you eight years or whatever and, and leaves. It's like, I mean, that kid has just kind of been suckered into this world. And, like maybe it's given him a little bit of a job, but it's also like, dude, this stuff like doesn't matter. You know, like, like this is not like that big a deal, and all those people, it's like it's just a bunch of like I, I find the whole thing and like even his store, like even though it has clearly like some kind of precious you know stuff in there, like so tacky. You know what I mean? It's like I, I just kind of like I just don't really get, I just don't get this whole thing. You know, dude, like KG who's got like you know crazy disposable income and just like okay, you know, I want to like you know kind of stunt on some people with like some jewelry, like fair enough, but like. I don't know, like the whole, like the guys that work there, they're always just trying to one up somebody else or like screw somebody out of something. Or it's just like, it's, it's a world that I, I want like zero part of. Like I, like I, have, like yeah. I, I, don't, I don't look at that. Like, I think there might be people who watch that movie <clears throat> and think like, oh, what an appealing like place to be. Or like, you know, like, oh, that'd be like a fun, like little, you know, hustle to have. It's like, I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. I never, I don't even want to like step foot in any of those places like ever, ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. There, you're going to have a whole episode on <laughs> on this i i i'm with you pretty much all the way through i i there's this guy that i knew in um in new in st louis that i met at a concert and he worked pretty high up in some with some company that 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 made like made made diamonds didn't really like have a shop like that but they like cut them and mm-hmm. when he explained that part to me i was like man this sounds pretty fucking sick like have, having because it just takes like years of training and like understanding and knowledge to like how to how know how to like cut stones and like and you can like he could like pick them out you know you'd be like oh no that one's bullshit like that one's that one's like that one's cut really well that that part of it it's like a craft right it's like a cool yes. it's like a cool hobby cool thing to master i get that part 
but I'm with you as far as like the culture of like being in a shop with other people who are like, oh man, I just want like the biggest watch I can possibly find. And, and it, it, it is, it's kind of rooted in attracting the opposite sex, really. Or, or, or the same sex, depending on how, you know, what your sexuality is. It's, it's trying to attract people to you, which Uh is why, which is why they're so bright and so shiny. And why, like when you're, yeah, yeah, it's it's why when you're like two, three, four, or five years old, the beginning stages of your life, you see something shiny and you just like go to it. Yeah. So if if a guy has giant, you know, diamond shiny earrings in his ears, you might look at him for longer than you would without him having them on. And like that's where like the insecurity of being a person comes from, in my opinion, of just kind of like I need all this stuff to to kind of distract from like who who I am, like what my heart actually says about me. And that's why, like you said, a lot of people with really indisposable income are just like, I guess I'll do this. That's I, I guess I'll buy cars. I guess I'll buy a bunch of clothes. I guess I'll buy this, you know, and, and diamonds in this like world, it just yeah, it just like works for them. Cause it's like, oh, when I was working this normal job, I couldn't think about going to this place. So Adam, not only are we not interested in this place, we can't go. We can't. Well, yeah, we can't, yeah, we, can't. We, can't, yeah, we can't even get in the door type thing, right. you know? Like right. we sure we can go to the fucking like North Star Mall in San Antonio and find some cheap ass shit at some like kind of wannabe shop at the mall. But if we're like, going to go to like a proper diamond shop, like it ain't happening. Like it, it right. ain't happening. So right. Right. it's it, it's a status thing for sure. It's a yeah. L- yeah. it's like a look at look at me, look look what look Obviously, I have money because of these things that I have. I can on afford me. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I, 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 I get it, and and then like deep down, I don't. So like on the surface, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like you want to have nice things because like you, sure, you you earned it. You know, Kevin Garnett, you busted your ass. You went from high school to the NBA. You're an amazing player. You've won a championship. Spend away. Do what you want with it. Do I wish he would like would do other things with it? Of course, but like, it's, he, I'm not him. And, uh, you know, he, he can have these giant cool diamonds, but I've always known KG to be someone who's like, not like, I, I've seen him like wearing nice earrings, but there's other players like, like a lamella ball where it's like, dude, you're just like straight up iced out from head to toe. Yeah. Like every little thing on you is like gold and like crazy shiny. I've always thought KG to be kind of like a, a more, what's the word? Like more modest. Sure. Mm. I, um, but, yeah. I have a family friend who went to the diamond district to get some diamonds appraised, some diamonds that they spent quite a lot on and were oh really talking, talking them up and uh, they were fake. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that same person also like uh, sold some real diamond jewelry for about like 15 K lost the 15 K at the airport and just never they make so much money that that wasn't any big deal to them wow i know i was pissed i'm like if i lost 15k at the airport i'm probably blowing my brains out that night man that is yeah this person astonishes me and yeah so that's my diamond story i i got nothing to do with diamonds beyond that so yeah 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 it's just a it's a world that we uh won't ever know anything about and i'm okay i'm okay with that me too. Me too. And I, I have two other very uh, quick shout outs. And then also I, I, we do need to get a, a quick uh, basketball corner. Um, the, the, the guy who plays the auctioneer is so good. I oh, love that. Guy. Excellent. Excellent. Great. That's yeah. a great scene. I love the scene when he's talking to Anne on the phone 
And he like, hey, you know, she's, you know, he's like, okay, she wants us to take these pamphlets out. Uh, so you take those, I'll take these. <laughs> he's like, wait, 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 what, what is that? What are you doing? She's like, um, I, I just have a question for Anne. He's like, well, I just talked to her. <laughs> Why would you need to talk to her? Do you know the who whole... Anne is played, is played by? Is it? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I looked on. that up Wait. once. I don't remember who it was, though. Any guesses? Br- British? Yes. Kate Blanchett? Kate Blanchett, no. yeah. No. no. Um, Tilda Swinton. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can Ooh. hear it now. Yeah, you can hear also, it now. Also, uh, the Boston player personnel rep. Uh, do you know who that's voiced by? That's that 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 I I did see recently. Um, it's like someone younger, right? Natasha Lyonne. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's she's great. a legend. I love her. Uh, yeah. Th- this is the. This is like how cool this movie is that it just has these things that like no one would know about, right? That when you look 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 a little further and yeah, it's just it's an uncut gem. What can I say? <laughs> Uh, the I also think the guy who um who plays uh Phil uh Keith William Richards is so good in this. Oh yeah, yeah. He's if fantastic. I didn't get if I didn't get first pick on performance, he's the guy I was gonna go with. Nice. I, I yeah, like he he's awesome. My my favorite like like line reading he has. <laughs> he's and like just like his facial expression is when he's at the play, and, and now he's like at my daughter's recital. It's kind of fucked up. Is it fucked up? <laughs> like, and he's like and he's like come on let's go outside you sure you want to do that <laughs> like, he's just like i don't give a shit like you're the one who's an idiot <laughs> uh i'm following you I mean, you're not following me <laughs> such a good bit and the fact that sandler that how he thinks he's gonna get away <laughs> out, of, out of this school is like yeah. dude what are you doing man like <laughs> so funny yeah. oh man even if he did pay off Arno, like it, it, he thinks like the the money is going to be like a talisman that's going to just protect him. Even if he paid off the guy, Phil's going to Phil's going to kill him. Like that was an inevitability here. At that point, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like hates him. He's like you yeah. like represent what I just loathe about human beings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It reminded me. I watched uh, Step Brothers a couple days ago and. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where at the end of the Catalina wine mixer, when Rob Riggle's like, there's just something about your face. Like, I can't stand it. I want to punch it and you can't do anything about it. I just want to destroy you right now. Like that's, that's Phil. Yeah. Yeah. That's Phil to Howie. Yeah. So from, so from the diamond district to Catalina wine mixer, I love the, I love the connection. I have, had a week, I have had a weekend guys of, of weird. <laughs> I've, I've had a, a random marathon of just whatever the fuck blade like, Trinity is what I walked away from to, to do this. Interesting. Yeah. Uh. Great stuff. Yeah, you you said you you stopped watching Uncut Gems to have a little halftime, and your halftime was Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> She's like, which is like another intense movie about diamonds. Yeah. So yeah, must have been you know I must have been thinking about it like subconsciously yeah. like yeah like, that I, I, either, I either want to be a guy who sells diamonds or steals them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ah, perfect. You you shoot me in your dreams. You better wake up and apologize. <laughs> that I've, I that's my favorite line in that fucking movie. I, <laughs> that, might, that might be my favorite thing Tarantino's ever ever written. Is that line? It's just so sick. <laughs> okay, Austin, 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 a very quick basketball corner. Sure. Yeah. What you got? So, okay. <laughs> For the movie, it makes a lot of sense. But Kevin Garnett would not just be like casually wearing around his championship ring. Oh no! Oh no! 
Also, guys don't also, guys don't do that. Yeah. No. Also, especially the modern ones that are like just just yeah, absolutely iced out. Like I mean, they're just yeah. There's these, I mean, you see it in the movie. It's huge. Um. Also, he he so so he's playing in a series between Boston, which is a little north of New York, and Philly, which is a little south of New York, and he's constantly going to New York, like on game days, like that. That also is like is like really bizarre behavior. Like that, that's it, something- it doesn't it doesn't make much sense at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have made more sense for him to go on off days. Yeah, so if he goes on an off day from Philly... Like between, between games, yeah. Philly, Philly to New York makes more sense because it is like two or three hours, depending you know uh, how fast you well, drive. And, and, and then Boston to New York is only about three hours. So like, it's like that, that, that's... Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess if you're... At, but here's my thing about... If you're in Boston and that's where you live and that's the team you play for, like, why wouldn't you just go home? Like and sleep and like you know well, actually also yeah also on game days especially in the playoffs you have a shoot around which is usually around ten a.m. and 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 let's say the game starts at seven eight right like usually you get to the arena probably at like five you know so like like so he gets someone shoot around at noon and he's got to be back at the arena at like five it's like okay you have five hours you're, you're gonna it would take you the entire five hours just to go just to go to New York and back like yeah. Like, I, I mean, unless he's hiring a chopper, which even then is like, it's still good. It's still cutting it very close. Like, so I, it's just like, not that's just not really something that would happen on an off day. It, it could, right. Cause he could, he could have his shoot around in the morning and then he has the rest of the day to kind of do whatever, you know? Um, so like that would make more sense, but they do say like two different times, like, Oh, you have a game tonight. And it's like clearly like late afternoon. It's like, what, like, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just like that's just not happening. I mean, so that that was like one like kind of qualm. I mean, sometimes when I watch like either sports movies, or like movies where there's a lot of sports in it, I can't help but like pick up the things. I'm like, ah, that's like that's just simply not gonna happen. So here's one. Here's one. When they go to Philly, uh, the practice facility, there's a scene where you can see them walking down the tunnel, and you can see the team store in the background. There's two like mannequins with jerseys on them that are the like 2018 19 versions of, of yes the jerseys. I, I, I wrote that down. I wanted if you bring it yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they're and and it's wearing number 21, which is Embiid, which is in, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like and, and the guy who wore number 21 on that team. Like, did Evan Turner wear 21? I'm trying to remember who wore 21. Uh, yeah, yeah, like in, in 2012. Yeah, Evan yeah, Turner, yeah. Evan Turner is a good shout out. Um. I think it's Evan Turner. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. So, 12, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I definitely, I definitely thought about that. Yeah. Just like, oh, that's uh, that's obviously what they were wearing. Or not number twelve. What am I saying? Twenty-one. Yeah. Okay. Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good player. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's also like you can't fool us. Like Sixers just lost the just lost the Raptors in the second round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it, it's it's a quite a bit different design the the from from twenty twelve oh, yeah. to twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, it's, that it's, was yeah, it's seven years. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So also okay, so here's another one. Uh, when the uh, Sandler's back home and he's like, yeah, he's like supposed to be hanging out with the kids or whatever, and he's trying to watch the game, and you know, Dina Menzel's like, yeah, you're like, ridiculous. He he asks her to change the channel and says it's on ESPN, but the game is actually on TNT, and then. And it shows it. And it shows TNT. Yeah, I was like, man, yeah. they should have caught that. They really should have caught that one. That was like, yeah, that was that was kind of an easy fix. Like, I wonder, I wonder if there's some some sort of like deal, where like he couldn't sit, like, I don't know if that's like a real thing, but he he like couldn't say TNT. He had that, to use they, they, they wouldn't have shown that then if that you know what I mean. If it, was, yeah, they yeah, you're right. Yeah. They wouldn't have like uh, advertised it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's advertised multiple times. I know. Multiple know, times it clearly says TNT Eastern Conference. Yeah, like come on. Yeah. 
and then and then the game seven is is on abc which is like that makes sense that, that you know and he, and yeah he, yeah whatever but uh, well okay so there's that too game seven that probably would have been during the day well i'll look that up I, that's a good that's a good point um 2011 12 that's just my guess my guess is it would have been like sunday during the day it's probably a sunday my, afternoon most likely yeah, yeah. i think but, right. I, but yeah i don't know i mean even with all that though it is pretty cool that they use real footage of like a real oh, game definitely. of real games and it like to the naked eye or to someone who doesn't like you know care as much as we do you know this is nitpicking like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's pretty it's pretty amazing i mean okay it was ba- saturday it was saturday night saturday May ah, there you go night. Okay. 8 p.m. Yep. Saturday night. That that, that actually works out perfect. Yep. And and also, this doesn't really have to do with basketball. I, Connor, this is for you as well. How much is a blade from New York City to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut? Oh that, my god, so like, much. It's like, dude, if you can pay for that, you can pay these motherfuckers yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, wait, a blade? You're like, I, I, I mean, I've seen this movie so many times, but more so this time, I was kind of like looking for stuff to poke at, and I was like, well, I kind of forget, like that that probably costs so much money. Here's a here's another nitpick. Uh, Wahegan Sun is in Connecticut. At that time, they did not allow uh, sports gambling in Connecticut. In 2012. In 2012, they do now, but that, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like a yeah, it's like a big big thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, ten years ago. Now, yeah. you know. So, well, so last the time, time, seven years ago. Last little bit. The the uh the scene of like the halftime like speech in Game Doc seven, Rivers. Like, yeah, where he's like playing with like the like the opal or whatever. Like it, that's not like crazy that he would like get something out of his locker and like play with it. But the speech is like the most like basic like movie like locker. It's like okay, come on, like this is not. How this it's is pretty bad. It's yeah, pretty that's fine. Bad. I, I, yeah, it's cool that they got it, Doc's voice. But, yes, yeah. yes, they got Doc's yeah. voice, which is like makes it more real or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that is the most kind of like, ooh, like this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I put that in quotes. And my notes, I said, this is very movie. I put that in quotes. You know, yeah. that's like, yeah. Anyway, that, 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 that's it, though. That's that's it for the yeah. last well, Yeah, Con- Connor, you ever taken a blade? No, no, I have not. <laughs> and who's that crazy motherfucker that's on, that's on the blade with her? Uh, and he's like, my God, you are hot. What a character that guy is. Yeah. yeah. Heat check. Yeah. Yes. You're hot. He's like, I love how into this game you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a He's magnet gonna... for just, you know, greasy, uh, idiotic scumbags. Yeah. That guy, that guy had, <laughs> had, like lived in a tanning booth, it, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I love that guy. I love that. Yeah, yeah. He's and, hilarious. And the yeah. guy at Mohegan Sun that she sits next to, he goes, man, he's like a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like all-time heat check performance where he's like, "I yeah. want to go out. Screw the food. Let's cancel it." Dude. Well, he he saves her life though, because he because he walks out. Yes, with the money. yes, yeah. he does. And then she she doesn't even go get a drink with him. Like I know, I know. He hands over one point two million dollars to her and is like, "All right, honey, here you go. You want to go have yeah. a drink? You know, come on, <laughs> like, let's have a night." <laughs> and she's just like, "No, I gotta go." And like closes the door and is like, "You can drink. You can drive now." But little does she know that Howie has been shot in the head. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, think she's she got gonna, you in the? You think she's gonna make it back? Like, do you think she's gonna find out about this before she makes it back there? No, no. Yeah. I mean, how how would she? Right. Um, so I I wondered that too. I yeah. How would she find out? Also, though, like, so they, they've got to get out of there like as soon as possible. Like, obviously, they're taking a bunch of stuff, but like they can't like. 
they can't like wait around for that that 1.2 million to get there because like they've just shot two guys so it's like like someone's gonna like here uh, you know at some point like that's gonna get so i i always think like she's probably safe you know like at least for the time being like 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 if she gets if she drives away and those guys don't fall and don't catch up to her like I, I, obviously they don't yeah. see her like i yeah. think she's safe for the time being you know she would be safe if she wasn't such an idiot the rest of the movie well, and, prove, and proven us that she can't like make her own decisions yeah. like she uh, yes because if she like drives off and she starts calling howie like oh i got the money i got the money like 1.2 million let's go she does that whole bit but like he's not answering he's not answering he's not answering right right if if like she was really smart she'd be like oh shit like something must have happened he he would obviously be on his phone you know um so that's the moment where she'd be like i probably shouldn't go back to where he is i should probably like go somewhere a hotel or whatever and like right, wait it right. and wait it out but she, yeah she's not gonna do that um yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's part of the cool part of the ending is you don't exactly know what's going to happen with the one point two million dollars. Yeah. Uh, is she going to have it? Are those guys going to catch her? Uh, or is it? Or is it going to end up in the hands of some random person? You know, like you just yeah. you, have, yeah. you have no idea. You're going to leave that shit at the bus stop by accident, and some guy picks it up and is like, "Oh shit, one point two million. Yeah. <laughs> my day. I think yeah. I think I'm going to go gamble on the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the yeah. <laughs> Put it all. Put it all, Austin. You'll you'll get this quote. Put it all on a horse named Milady. Yes, Lady. <laughs> oh, stealing Harvard. Oh man, yeah, Connor, you've got to see this movie, Stealing Harvard. It's a thirty to one shot. Yeah, it is so stupid, but so great. Uh, perhaps Jason Lee's finest hour. Perhaps. Aside I, aside from the Incredibles, I bought it. I bought. I found it at Goodwill for two bucks, so I I did oh, buy it. For stealing real? Harvard. Yeah, dude. Make that a 10,000 flicks as soon as Definitely. possible. Definitely. Is that an official recommendation? <laughs> yes. it, from from yes. both of us. <laughs> yes. It shall be the done. Fir- the first time you watch it, you'll be like, this is so outrageously stupid. Like, I can't, like, <laughs> but then, but then the more, the, like, I, the, the more I've seen it, the funnier it gets. Like, it's, yes. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. The kid behind the counter weighs about eight pounds. It's such a good cast. Like, there's, there's so many oh. awesome people in it. Lights out. I mean, Seymour Castle. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, insane. Dennis Farina. Dennis, yeah. Dennis Farina. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stealing Harvard. Stealing Harvard. Fucking rules. Oh, what's the what's his fucking name? The guy who plays the judge. Um. Yeah, I know. I'm. Th- I'm God trying, I'm like, damn it, Connor. Connor likes that guy a lot. Uh, yeah. oh, I got it. 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 Uh, yeah. You look that up. Yeah. Stealing Harvard's great, Connor. I. I. Yeah. I couldn't recommend it enough. And I, Adam probably likes it more than I do. So. Uh, I know. After, I know he double doubles down on that. After Cosmopolis, it's going to be stealing Harvard. So Richard Jenkins, Harvard. Richard Jenkins, Richard Jenkins, yes, sold. Yeah, uh, Richard jo- Jenkins hey. is so funny. Well, and, and and John C. McGinley of Office Space fame. Yes, yes. Oh my God, Doctor Cock, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, I I have a toothbrush in my drawer. Don't, <laughs> don't play me like a flute. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and and um, uh, Chris Penn. Jesus. Don't call me asshole, asshole. Tom <laughs> yeah. Green. Yeah, Tom, of course, Tom and Tom and Jason Lee. Yeah, this movie rules. I'm so sad it's like gotten lost to just to time, you know, and and being like a really low budget comedy. <laughs> also, also the, the two electricians, Austin, if you remember this, it's Nick Offerman and Paul Feig. Fuck. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a good shot. A young Mar- a young Martin Starr. Yeah, Martin right. Starr is so funny. He's like, they definitely took the videotapes and the yeah. porno man. They double back and stole the security cameras too. <laughs> uh, Who would have thought Stephen Harper would come up on this? Kyle or Steve? 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I got hungry. So I decided to heat up a brick of cheese. <laughs> I need my cheese, John. <laughs> I can't go to prison. They pass me around like a bag of Oreos. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We're just quoting the whole movie for Connor. But uh, Sorry. he's like, what is this? I have zero fucking context for any of this. <laughs> but you guys are so into this and I'm just enjoying this. <laughs> Stealing Harvard. Who would have thought? Stealing Harvard. Yeah, be on the lookout. Prune Ricky. Uh, for... Ricky. <laughs> I need to watch this movie like ASAP now. Uh, Lonnie's a guy, John. It's simply a guy. <laughs> uh, keep these bad boys. he say? Keep these bad boys on as long as I want to. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, let's let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I love the freedom. Con- Connor, you, you want to take over uh, what's in the box? Sure. Yeah. Our next segment, let's check out what Letterboxd has to say about Uncut Gems on what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Uncut Gems. (laughs) God damn it. I can't stop thinking about stealing Harvard. All right. Uncut Gems. 3.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Pretty good. Pretty good. Really good. It's a 4 out of 5 for me. It's a 5 out of 5 Yeah, for me. I had 4.5 as well. Yep. Very Five nice. stars. Again, it's like it's the lowest rated of the three of us, and I had it. I yeah. Just, still blows my fucking mind. Uh, I have five reviews here that are pretty amusing. This first one's from Maria. This movie starts us right off with a psychedelic colonoscopy to signify how clenched our asses will be for the next two hours and 15 <laughs> minutes. And I call this, and I cannot stress this enough, poetic cinema. Four and a half mm. stars. Yes. <laughs> like it. Good stuff. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I, I love that. The only movie I've ever seen that starts off with a colonoscopy. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. This next one's from Roberto. Michael Jordan's secret stuff from Space Jam walked so Adam Sandler's magic opal could run five stars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's good. really good. That's really good. Uh... <laughs> yeah. That was Space Jam is my basketball movie. That's that's how I learned how, like how to play the game and what it what it what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> it's not the longest time I thought the other team had to be like twenty foot monsters in order for the game to be played. <laughs> it wants and, you to have Tweety Bird on it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, if and, Bugs and isn't the, there, it's not official. And the owner of the like giant monster team must be owned by Danny DeVito. Yeah, or at least a cartoon alien who heavily resembles Danny DeVito. <laughs> and his name's Swackhammer. <laughs> and you'll always lose. I didn't know how Dan Aykroyd have... was in this movie. Dude, yeah. How, how have we not done Space Jam ever? Oh, I don't, because we had so many stupid fucking rules the first three, four years of this thing. That We're finally yeah. doing this right. That would be so fun. I would, yeah, I'd do Space Jam in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Let's find a way. Maybe, yeah, sometime well, later so, in the year. So, yeah. this maybe. Well, I'll save it for after after we record. Well, yeah, I'll save it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this next one's from Hunter Strawberry. Sorry, Marvel, but this is the best movie about a guy with a big ass chin chasing stones or stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh... A lot. People are funny, man. That's good. They are. Yeah. I love the, the creativity that people put. I just like talk about what I thought about the movie. I don't have time to make to think up like brilliant jokes. So yeah, I'm well, glad these people are doing it for me. Yeah, I mean it's it's like movie Twitter. Like people can just however many characters you feel like using, you could use. I mean you can make novels and like it it, it counts. 
but you can also just like like our, our, our one of our good buddies uh, adam and i and one like one of adam's very best friends matt stepter he has some of the funniest reviews on letterbox because it'll be like one word yeah it'll be like like or or two words like for the one my favorite one he's done is tenant and he just said not good <laughs> two stars <laughs> and if you know him you're if you know the guy, you're like, yeah. <laughs> to the point. I respect that. Yeah. Or or I can't remember what movie it was, but he just put fashion. <laughs> oh, I love I love that you're allowed was to do it that. Phantom or, Thread? It, it might have been Phantom Thread. You're right. allowed to do that, or you're allowed to write, yeah, I mean, thousands of characters on like you're like you can like pour your heart out on Letterboxd. So it's it's cool. It's cool. You get the best of both worlds. Fun I did it once. Go ahead. Matt Matt's the, the guy who got us into Letterboxd. Yes. Oh. Yes. Well, I'm glad I'm glad he brought it up because I you know Austin got me into it and then I got Caleb into it and then Caleb got Josh into it and it's just been this also yeah. Matt Matt is so when I started my Star Wars rewatch, I texted you, Connor, and then I texted Matt because Matt's also a freak Star Wars fan. And he was like, Oh, I'm so happy for you, man. <laughs> like I like I found God. <laughs> he, he, it uh... does kind of feel like that. <laughs> You've joined my church, and I appreciate yeah. that. May the force yes. be with you. Yeah. He would be on if you wanted, Austin. Oh yeah, I yeah he 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 sent me like unprovoked. I I just told him like what my thoughts on Empire Strikes Back, and I was like, yeah, like I like it. I don't think it's as like uh, it's really good, but I think that and New Hope are more like level playing field than people give uh, them credit for. They think like Empire's way better, and he kind of like. He like validated my thoughts, but then like tore them down. <laughs> it was really funny. This is really long message from him about Empire, like why it's so good. And I was like, yeah, you sh- you should you should be on a podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. I did a I did a one sentence review one time, and it was for the happening. Hmm. Uh, nice. I I just put Mark Wahlberg talks to plants, and <laughs> yeah. That was that's, all I needed to say about that. That's that, that's about right. I mean, like like Connor, I know you're in the middle of watching like the Transformers movies. I mean, you could just be like robots one, robots I've, two. I've actually decided to cancel that because I'm not sitting through six plus hours of Mark Wahlberg as a Texas scientist with a Boston accent <laughs> and some in inco- like in just complete bullshit robot nonsense. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I made it through three. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I'll go see the new one because I hear it might be better, but I can't do I I can't. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm out. I'm kind of just totally out on on Transformers. Too many of them. The Mark Wahlberg one, I think it's number four. The first one he's in. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like, what are we doing? Like, whoa, what? That was Adam. You talked about how you almost walked out of uh, Grown Ups two. I almost walked out of Transformers four. I was so close to walking out of mm-hmm. that. Uh, I've only seen the and- first two of that. The first one, the first one's fine, right? Yeah. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Second one, yeah, whatever. Uh, third one, yeah, just like slowly get worse. Uh, three as time goes. Three is a little better than two, but not by. That's much. fair. That's fair. That's the one with uh, is her name Rosie Huntington? Mm. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the most unbelievable part of the movie with giant robots. Is that. That woman yeah. would just be with a unemployed Shia yeah. LaBeouf. Sam with Wiki. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Come on. No. I think in real life she's yeah. with Chase and Statham. Like that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got two more. I got two more reviews for you. This one's from Adam Bolt. 
Spent the whole time waiting for Kevin James to show up. Not going to lie. Three stars. <laughs> I, I would have been okay with that. I would have been okay with – I would have been okay with, like, random, like, oh, there's Kevin James or there's David Spade, you know, like, kind of randomly. That would have been, that would have been pretty, pretty funny cameos. I, I don't – I feel like it, like it would drop the integrity of this movie pretty quickly if all of a sudden <laughs> – Fucking Paul yeah. Blart rolled up on a Segway. I'd be like, all right. I like Kevin James. I, I like Kevin James. I mean, he's not a good actor or anything, but I don't know. And, and David Spade, I think, like he always cracks me up. Are they so. showing up? Are they showing up as themselves? Or like what? Like what? no, no, I, no. I think like if David Spade uh, was like was the guy who says he's like a cartoon at you know like like little tiny bits, you know. Not okay. I don't want them to like be in the movie just because you're not in the band doesn't mean you're not in the band. <laughs> I want them to be kind of like the side, you know, kind of like. Heat check, guys. Okay. Kevin James, like, what if he was just like randomly at the club dancing to the week? <laughs> it says nothing. I'd be, I, I'd laugh. Uh, okay. And this last one just had me rolling because, like, well, yeah, it's from Tyler. If I were him, I wouldn't have done any of that. <laughs> Two and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Tyler. Most people probably would too. <laughs> if I were him, it's pretty funny. I hope I, I wish like every movie was like that he reviewed was just that like well I wouldn't do that yeah <laughs> Man, just Tyler he's an early early adapter. I like that yeah I like that uh, so I wonder what movies he wouldn't like he'd be like I'd do that <laughs> like like which which movies are you like yeah I approve Interstellar <laughs> yeah I'd get on that <laughs> ship <laughs> yeah oh man I'd jump in the black hole sure yeah why not. <laughs> that's great uh, I love oh, it this was so much fun uh, yes love the award structure we're keeping that yeah that's good. yeah that was like that it. was fun that was a good time yeah that worked mm-hmm uh, well that there we go thanks for listening everybody if you like what we do feel free to follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at filmgasm productions if you want to suggest films for us to watch you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or of course send us a message to the socials Check out our letterbox accounts for daily reviews. You can search me at Connor95, and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out the website, filmgasm.com, where I have a link to that letterbox. If you want to read reviews, you can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on support this podcast. You can choose to donate a dollar, $5, or $10 a month. All donations go right back into the podcast, and we appreciate it. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their constant friendship and contributions to the show. Thanks to Cooley Cow for our awesome theme music. And thanks to you for checking out our show. We just added First Thoughts and 10,000 Flicks as two new kind of sub-shows under the Filmgasm umbrella. And uh, those are a blast to do, so check those out. Our countdown continues next week with Austin's number eight, Paul Thomas Anderson's surrealistic crime comedy, Inherent Vice. Going to be a blast. Yeah, I've seen this once and I fucking hated it. I watched half of it again years <laughs> later and I was into it, but then I didn't finish it. So here we are. Ah, I love that <laughs> kind of unfinished business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember to never bet money that isn't yours, but also to find something in your life that gives you the same high Howard gets from gambling. Find your own way to win. Take it easy. Keep watching movies and we'll see you next time. Thank you.
Thank you.